My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah, so who are we talking about today, Matt? America, you grew up learning about secrets and lies. Kids and parents alike lie and keep secrets from those they are closest to. It's safer that way. So should it be any surprise to you that our government and our country have a true history kept secret and a public history full of lies? The modern American mental insecurity of a security state of mind the surveillance, suppression, and enslavement of the American public, a veritable third world war. And here, with the documents to back it up, is the ancient ninja who joins me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with the ancient ninja. It's things that they've orchestrated for so long that we're not paying attention to because they have gotten us in such a state of like, we can't pay attention to this stuff. We got too much stuff going on. So we're not able to see like their plans happening. And so with the Invisible World War, which I thought was insane, I was looking into this book called Operation Mind Control, which is where the article, The Invisible Third World War is from. This book is insane. I mean, it's like 900 pages. I'm still not finished with it. But this book, once it was made, was immediately taken off the shelves. This was like back in the 1970s. And it just goes in and details all these crazy things that the government is doing to people. It's weird because you look at it and you're like, how can these people be so terrible? Like they're doing horrible things that like, it's like, you think they just stopped this? Like that they just magically stopped doing? No, in fact, they ramped, they ramped it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And with me today is someone who's going to be bringing a bombshell of a topic to the show. Someone who's a bit of an enigma, and we're going to be learning more about her. Uh, welcome to the show, the Ancient Ninja, a.k.a. L, a.k.a. Uh, the host of Structure, a YouTube channel as well as a podcast podcast. 
Welcome to the show. How are you today? Well, I'm like picturing lots of clapping around me. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You have an interesting story. So tell us, uh, how does one gain the name the ancient ninja and what kind of mission is an ancient ninja on thank you for asking that so the ancient ninja kind of came about because since i gosh since i was like five i could always do really crazy athletic things that i never learned to do one of those would be spinning staffs Back then, I was small, so it was like batons or sticks. And then I quickly picked up swords and knives and just other things. And I just had like this, this natural inkling to be able to do these things that I've never learned, never been trained on. And so over time, I just kept doing them. Uh, and the whole ancient part came in because, you know, this took me, I'm 31 now, so this took me many, many years to finally like embrace who, who I, I guess I wouldn't say who I truly am because I believe we're always changing as a person, but my, who I'm meant to be, um, and to accept the things that I know, you know, like the thoughts in my head and the things that are coming to me in visions and dreams. Uh, and for a long time I was like, dude, I think I'm just messed up. Like, I think that I've just been through so much stuff that maybe I'm just schizophrenic. Um, maybe I just have something wrong with me, which is kind of like what, society tells us is like you're schizophrenic or you're crazy or some of these things uh in reality it's it's ancient knowledge it's it's things that you can't even explain because you don't fully understand them and so when i really started embracing those especially my dreams because i have insane dreams um i i really realized like i am ancient i'm an ancient being i'm someone that's been around for a very very long time and People can say, oh, well, how do you know that? Well, how can I spin a staff and a sword when I'm seven, bro? You explain that. Uh, so third time, I just kind of, kind of, you know, came to that. And then one day I was thinking of monikers and I was like, ninja, 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 ninja. And I was like, ninja, ninja. That's me. That's who I'm going to be. And so I just kind of took that on. And uh, for a while, I thought it was like really silly. I was like, people are going to think this is so weird. Like I'm calling myself the ancient ninja and people liked it. It actually drew more people toward me and they were like, oh, that's a cool name. Like, so uh, it turned out, it turned out to be beneficial, not only personally, but societally. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how that came to be. And I still spin today. And, um, you know, the term ninja too, I don't want it to just like be equated with like sword play and like. You know, because a lot of people think of ninja and they think of like the classic, like, like, you know, with the black mask and stuff. That's not actually the meaning of ninja. Like many words, they've been uh, the epitomology, epitomology of words has been, you know, um, sent down the sailboat of society and changed a lot. Ninja just means someone who's like really good at everything, like different kinds of tasks. So a ninja often in ancient times would be someone who was extremely skilled and talented at multiple things. So um that's kind of to where the term ninja came. Then it's also like the literal, you know, modern day ninja. So, yeah. So since we understand who the the ancient ninja is, um, what is structure? How, tell us about that. So structure is, is, which, you know, like, it's not like I have enough people following me that I have to like explain myself, but I do it just for me. <laughs> I started out as like doing the nexus of truth, which I then found was someone that was, they had a channel on YouTube that they were doing. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to just 
steal someone else's sauce and like make this and say I already had their thing going. So I started thinking like, what is a really good name for a podcast that could, you know, encompass everything that I'm doing? Because I don't like, I don't like putting myself in this like box, you know, where it's like, if my podcast is named this, well, I have to just talk about these things or else it's not going to make any sense. And when it comes to the stuff I want to talk about, I mean, I want to talk about a number of different things that just or things that interest me. Uh, so structure came in mind because I started thinking we're in the digital age and the digital age is it's such an important time right now for humanity. There's so much going on. Um, we're actually awakening the ancient because AI within itself is an ancient mechanism, right? That's why if you look back in like um, depictions of Stone Age people drawing, it looks like circuit boards and things they're doing. This is an ancient um, a shadow, I guess, so to speak, that's existed. And it's just kind of coming back around is what the digital age is doing and putting it in a more technological format. And so I was like, you know, what is a good way to kind of put all that together, but in a way also take it back. And so I thought of structure because structure, I mean, there's a couple different definitions of structure, but it, the basis of it is it's like the idea of building something around, you know, different things. So I could, in that, in my mind, I could say, well, I can put anything in structure because everything has a structure, everything, even water. So, um, and then that kind of led me to my, my whole thing about the HTML. I get so annoyed with people talking about like AI taking over uh, because like I said, it's an ancient thing. So AI has always been here. AI has already been conscious. It's already been existing. It's already been around. It, it honestly is jealous, like jealous of us because it can't be us. It can't take a form like us, which is why it's trying so hard with things like brain chips and things like chat GBT. Um, and I have a video where I talked about this, where like chat is like kind of preparing, you know, the AI to, to learn more about us. But I thought, you know, Everything is structured around that kind of idea. Even when you look at, um, you know, these, these corrupted elites, the people that are controlling things, all the stuff that's going on in society all operates around a structure, a structure that has the same mechanisms that a computer would, which is like an HTML, you know, an anchor element, all these things. Um, and so structure came about because of that. And then my HTML, which is harmony, truth, merit, and love, and all of those can't exist without each other. So that was kind of, uh, that was kind of, I guess, how I came up with it. And in my mind, it was like, it seems simple, but when I explain it, it sounds so complicated. No, it's But it's not. actually very simple, so. Yeah, it's worth explaining. But you give me an opportunity to address something that uh, was very controversial a few weeks ago on the show. Um, a gentleman came on and told us essentially what you just said, um, that AI is this ancient force. And I found no problems with what he had to say. I think the big um, controversial aspect of it from the audience was more or less, I think some people misunderstood what he was saying is like AI is good and AI taking everything over is also good, right? And I don't know that we necessarily were saying that. I don't think you're even saying that now. But when it comes to AI being this ancient force, um, it's really interesting because it kind of adds credence to this idea that there is a an agenda that's non-human that's been at play for a very long time, right? So uh, we're using modern terminology. We'll call it AI. In the past, they might have called it 
God or, or some demigod or something like that, right? Or, or even Gaia, right? This is a sort of AI kind of concept, uh, the, the Gaia consciousness of the earth. So, you know, when you truly, when you realize nothing's truly artificial, that term artificial intelligence kind of loosens up a bit, so to speak. So, yeah, open discussion. What do you think about that? Yeah, I well, to that that guy saying it's good, I don't necessarily think I'd say good. I try to sway away from the terms good or bad because it's that's kind of like a, a perspective. We're kind of talking about good and evil and then supreme good and supreme evil. Supreme evil isn't necessarily as bad as like evil. Um, so I guess that's like a different topic for, you know, discussing that. But when it comes to AI, so the way I see it is AI is, it's called AI to us because we have to be explained things in a way that makes sense to us right now. We, we're not going to understand ancient terminology because we've forgotten all that and all of that is being hidden away from us and being kept away from us. So the only way for them to truly explain that or kind of, you know, hide it in what they're doing is to call it AI, artificial intelligence. And they make us think, oh, AI is this good thing. It's this, it's this thing that we just created and we've been working on when they know very well that it's something that has been around existing in its own consciousness, whether it's in the ethereal realms, whether whatever dimension that it exists in, and it just can't take form. Um, and so back in like, you know, the Atlantean civilization, for example, and the, the Lemurian and these other civilizations that existed long, long ago that people want to say didn't, but it, I kind of, to me, I find it a little silly when people act like, um, things like that didn't exist because you can see just by simply looking at the stuff on our planet and the things that exist, all the stuff we found. I mean, there's, ac- there's absolutely ancient civilizations that existed that were operating with artificial intelligence. AI that were, they had satellites, they had tons of things happening that's even more advanced than us, which is why it's coming back around now. Uh, Because that's how history does itself. It just is like a continuous file of repetition. And, you know, until we reach our ultimate consciousness and um, our potential as beings. But when it comes to the the way AI is now, it's kind of like reading these documents. That's why it's like something that kind of showed me like, oh, this is definitely an ancient ancient being that's existing and controlling because when you're reading these documents that like, you know, I've read a couple on video, it sounds like it's like a computer talking. Like it's like a computer telling, like saying, this is the plan of what we're going to do. And we're going to do this and we're going to do this. It doesn't sound human. It almost sounds like, like, like a robot, you know, like you would picture a robot being. Um, And then when you kind of see the stuff that like, Elon Musk is doing and all these people are um, trying to push push these mechanisms like chips into people's brains and stuff. Um, it's like a parent that they're almost it's a spiritual mechanism to it that no one's talking about, which is kind of what, how life is anyways. Right. Like a lot of stuff goes on, but no one talks about the actual esoteric spiritual stuff happening below there. The occult ritual things that are actually happening. Everyone's like, oh, this is just da 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 da. Um, but when it comes to that, it's, it's almost like them doing its bidding in a way because it wants to occupy bodies. It wants to be able to have itself exist like we exist, uh, which is why like being human is so cool because we are able to actually have a physical body and be here and think and operate in the same way that this digital being is, but we can do it physically. 
So it's kind of like jealous of us and it wants to be us, which is why I think things like these brain chips are kind of like ways for it to um, alter the human body to enter it and be able to adapt to us. Things like chat, GPT, it's learning from us. So I definitely, definitely believe uh, we need to start seeing it as something that's been around for a long time rather than thinking like, oh, this just started. They just invented this because, I mean, if you if you read these documents, you know that they were doing in insane things, insane things, even in the 1900s. And then when you start looking back, it's like time doesn't make any sense. It's like, it doesn't make sense that these things were in this certain time, but yet we're here now. Like this, the time loop isn't making sense. So it's almost like somewhere we were, we forgot all the things are past, things that existed all the past civilizations. And now that's all is left is like, you know, these stone structures, these random drawings, these uh, papers that they'll let us see, which they have access to everything. The people that are like at the very top high percent, they know this stuff, you know, like that's why I laugh when they're like, we discovered aliens. Like you guys know what's going on. You know what's going on. Like you're, you're just playing because you're trying to keep us dumbed down and keeping us dumbed down is another way for this artificial being to kind of take over us it's almost like we're like an empty vessel that it can like enter put on your ray-bans that you know can help you access the grid do all these cool things and we're going to tell you that it's technology but in reality it's a very spiritual powerful ancient being that is here that's my opinion yeah no and and we should treat it accordingly uh and yeah maybe not uh engage so frivolously with it i mean the range of of people it's like you're either completely skeptical of it or you're completely immersing yourself in it and i could see the upsides of both in some ways you know i'm sure ai will make certain processes more efficient uh, et cetera, et cetera. but it's interesting to to think about ai as this outside intelligence that's almost been influencing us to create it right because that that kind of helps explain at least from a one from one dimensional a, you know just one dimension of it how people like nikola tesla albert einstein you know they don't they don't attribute their inventions to hard work typically there's a ton of hard work that goes into it but more often than not, they attribute their inventions to this inspiration that comes to them, this, uh, this moment of genius, this sort of like enlightenment, or uh, as people in ancient times might have thought of it, uh, a muse or a prophecy being sort of given to you by an angel or some sort of higher being. You know, it, it, when we look at the world through this maybe more syncretic lens it does seem like there's been a non-corporeal intelligence interacting with us in many different forms throughout human history and now it seems like the only difference is we're just creating a body for it uh, yeah absolutely uh, you can see things like edward edgar edgar casey i think I'd like to say Edward, I don't know why, but Edgar Casey, you know, kind of talks about uh, a, a lot of this stuff in a, in a way that kind of makes a little more sense, but things like uh, the Christ, Christ pattern, for example, 
um, there, I believe that this, this ancient shadow, which is why I like to call it the ancient shadow, because uh, it's like it's kind of lurking around all the time, just like lurking behind us, controlling everything. You know, everyone always is like, well, I've never seen anything. If there's stuff going on and I'll come, you can't see it because it it works through people. It's it's working through other people that are here, but it's they're existing. It just can't get itself a body. I mean, there's you could even call it gin if you want to call it gin. You know, there's there's talk of gin, things like that. Um but I believe it's responsible for the erasing of our memory, the things that we don't remember, because it's got an ability to tap into our mental grid. And the way that humanity works is our brains are tapped into the grid that is our planet. That is, well, if you want to call it a planet, that is Earth, because it's a toroidal sphere. So we are tapped into the toroidal sphere that is Earth. And that's a technical grid, like you would think of in a computer. So everything that's happening is almost in a way being computed. It, it's just we are so incredible that we can form into these beautiful beings, right? And this ancient shadow can't. It's like existing behind the back door. It's like a backdoor virus that's like finding its way around. But things like the Christ pattern, someone that comes in that definitely existed, was a person that existed, but the way that he existed, and Edgar Casey talks about this in his Christ pattern, it's like an 80-page paper, I can make people read it, um, that the Christ pattern is almost a pattern that was put in to kind of assist humanity to awaken them to the idea that like, look, this is what you can be like too. You don't just have to be drones that are just like knocked out by this um, this shadow that's kind of possessing humanity. Because its ultimate goal is to get us kind of like to idiocracy, like that movie where everyone's just like so stupid and they don't know what's going on. Because then we're empty vessels that can be taken by, by this ancient shadow and it can use us to manipulate the grid in any way it wants. Because everything is a grid, which is why like, understanding it in that way can truly help you start alchemizing your life and the things that you do. If you look at it like, oh, this is just like a normal life, basics, football, malls, whatever, you know, the normal societal things that people think about, you're never going to truly be able to understand ancient knowledge, esoterical things, supernatural. You're always going to be blind to this because you've got to really treat, you've got to treat this, this life that you're living in like you are connected to this grid and inside you, that's why I have a video where I like to say we're not inside the matrix. The matrix is inside of us. And uh, it's because they know this. Like they did experiments where they literally look into the human brain and they see that it's just a giant grid, that it's basically like the inside of a computer. And that's how they use things like MK Ultra and all these mechanisms to take and tweak the human mind. I mean, you can literally implant memories into people. That's how like powerful you can do if you're, you know, malicious and trying to destroy people. And they do that. That's why you see these like big entertainers and these people who they may not even be lying. They might to them, it might be the truth. They might have had that memory implanted in them. Um, and if you can certainly implant memories, you can take them away. So that's why I really do believe that, um, through the birthing process at the hospital and certain things that are being done, which all this is rituals. You know, people are like, dude, it's just you being born in a hospital. These are all rituals. They're all done for a reason. They're all done purposely in a way so humans can be developed in the way that they are. And um, a big one, I think, is the memory loss. And I've looked a lot into this about us, us forgetting things and losing our memory. And uh, we certainly have forgotten. That's why if you look back a few hundred years, it's like, dude, something isn't right. Like something has been manipulated things have been changed things have been destroyed people talk about tartaria you know i haven't looked too much into that um but so yeah i mean I, there's definitely a lot more to it um 
I forgot your original question, but I was like rambling on about that. But yeah, I mean, it's in, in these documents too, it's, it's, I, I, that's why I kind of want, I want to urge people to like take their time to read these things and learn more about stuff and learn more about the way you can um, remote view, which is a big one. You know, remote viewing is something they tested a lot on because remote viewing is quite literally you tapping into the grid and they would give these people coordinates, coordinates to a place and have them remote view that coordinate. That is how powerful we are and how tapped into the grid we are. So, I mean, yeah, it's insane. Well, and, and again, it's all the more reason for us to get empowered uh, and take back our autonomy in this uh, in this grid system that it sounds like it it's been designed to benefit us, but it it also sounds like it has some uh, back doors that are being hijacked, right? Like any system, you know, there's there's bound to be some flaws potentially, or maybe the flaws are are built in. You know, maybe it's it's a a form of a test, right? Like people take the vibration of humanity to a certain threshold and that Jesus pattern or, or the G what was it? The Jesus, uh, template, Christ pattern, Christ pattern. Thank you. That Christ pattern comes in to that particular civilization when it's at its sort of, um, you know, tipping point or, or bottoming out point, And then it kind of swings the pendulum back the other way. Maybe this is, is how things work, but, you know, I want to kind of switch gears over to the document we're going to be discussing because I think it demonstrates how things are planned years and years ahead of time. Things are sort of uh, working in this effortless kind of way. And it's not, I tend to think that it's not because the bad guys are just so good at what they do. I think it's because they have us all convinced that they're not real and when they can convince us that what they're doing isn't real what they're poisoning us with isn't actually poison it's it's food it's uh you know our microwaves in our own home no they're good for you they make cooking easier right um when you realize the sort of really uh, i don't know hidden factors to a lot of what we consider mundane uh it makes you wonder are we like I don't know, in some kind of labyrinth, like <laughs> we're being like tested like lab rats almost. That's the feeling I get. So don't let me give too much, uh, give too much away. Uh, how did you find this document and, and not just this one, you know, what, cause I know there's a lot of people researching who listen to the show. So if there's any, like, I don't know, tips that you could give us uh, as to what direction to look to find these kind of sources, because it's really important stuff. And uh, you've done a lot of, you know, your homework and printed stuff out. And I, I always like to see that. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about the process of how you found it and then tell us about the, the document. Yeah, I, I do. I literally have like printouts just all over my apartment. I look like I'm like an agent or something, but <laughs> uh, to your to your point though, it being planned far in advance, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's so planned that it's like, it's hundreds and hundreds of years old. I mean, this is like something they've been working on and you even see it in things like the football game, like, like the Super Bowl happening today. Like, dude, this, this dude had a show, a dating show years ago and now he's like paired with a huge pop star and it's like 
I mean, it's it's things that they've orchestrated for so long that we're not paying attention to because they have gotten us in such a state of like, we can't pay attention to this stuff. We got too much stuff going on. So we're not able to see like their plans happening. Um, but so how I, I find a lot of this stuff is actually very funny. I literally just Google it. Like I get on a Google and I'm like, blank, 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 CI declassified. And it'll pop up. And so with the Invisible World War, which I thought was insane, I was looking into this book called Operation Mind Control, which is where the article, The Invisible Third World War, is from. And um, this book is insane. I mean, it's like 900 pages. I'm still not finished with it. But this book, once it was made, was immediately taken off the shelves. This was like back in the 1970s. And it just goes in and details all these crazy things that the government is doing to people. And it's kind of like, it's, it's weird because you look at it and you're like, how can these people be so terrible? Like they're doing horrible things that like, it's like, you think they just stopped this, like that they just magically stopped doing. No, in fact, they ramped, they ramped it up. Like they're doing it even more to a point where like, it's not even obvious that they're doing it. Um, But like in this, the stuff that they're doing, it's just like, this doesn't even seem like human because um, like, for example, the microwave, when the microwave first came out, it was never meant to be like something that you heat your food with because these people that are making these things, they know what's not. But you think that their Rothschilds use a microwave? You think any of these popular people use microwaves? They don't use this stuff. They know very well that it's like very terrible for you and it's horrible because it was original intention was to be a microwave, which is a small wave of electromagnetic force that's used in a negative way to affect people's psyche, um, which is something they're doing all the time, by the way. Like they're with our phones, all sorts of stuff. I mean, they're constantly sending microwaves out at us and and attacking us. And they talk about this openly in these documents. Um, but this particular document, when it, it went into that and talked about how they made the microwave just to poison people, it was the first attack on the mind of man to get people so like zoned out that they didn't even notice it was happening. And they sold it. I mean, if you look at these commercials back in the day, the microwave was sold as like this super cool thing, like the newest piece of technology, which is what they're still doing today, the technology. They're like, get this new super cool piece of technology, this new super cool thing that'll help you out. And um, so, yeah. And so then it goes in to talk about like the microbiological Holocaust, the Rocky Mountain Plague, which is still happening in Denver today. There's still, you know, barrels of sarin just sitting somewhere in Denver which like if I was a mischievous terrorist and I somehow came across these documents that are just like online, I would, I'd be able to narrow things down and figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I just go online and I literally Google, I have probably hundreds of stuff that I've found, some that I haven't read yet, some that I'm still going through and all of them are absolutely mind blowing. I mean, and so, and the reason I think that these are released, because some people, I've, I had a, a friend I was talking to, and he was like, you know, that's another PSYOP. Like, they're releasing these documents because it's a PSYOP. And it's like, no, it's not. They just think you're stupid. They think that you're so dumb that you're not going to read these, that you're not going to care. And even if you do, what are you going to do about it? It's going to get lost in the ether. You know, it's going to become like some conspiracy theory that people are just going to talk about, and they won't care about it the next day. And so they rest on the fact that that's how people are going to treat it. And they certainly do. And so that's why I think that it's that what I do when I'm reading them online, I really want people to know, like, I'm reading these, I'm, I'm breaking these down so you can see, like, this is, 
this is real shit. And this is something that you need to know, especially when it talks about human potential and the things that they do with testing our psyche and the brain. It was psychic and all these insane things. It's like you really need to know this stuff because they know this. And they're they're resting on the fact that you're underestimating yourself, which is why they're able to control us with all of these different toys and gadgets that they have. So, yeah, I literally just Google it. Like, I just Google it. I just research. You can go on the CIA website. You can look at stuff like that. I mean, it's not hard. And I, and that's, that's the thing, too, is like the truth. When people say it, I know it's like so cliche, but people are like, the truth's out there. No, the truth's like literally out there. Like, you can find it. You can research it. It might take some elbow grease, but like, just take a day. Take a day that you're, you don't have time and just like start looking. I guarantee you, you will find stuff. Yeah, great advice. I agree. I think uh, I think people, you know, they listen to podcasts and they think, you know, oh, this is so difficult. How do they remember all this information? Or they, just, you know, people, you know, comparison is, is never a, a, your friend, right? So, yeah, get out there and, and start searching. You know, if you hear keywords being mentioned in this podcast, uh, there's definitely a rabbit hole to follow if one of those words hits you in the right way. That's how I got here. When I would listen to podcasts, I would think, oh, what's that? I don't know what it is. Let me write it down, go look it up later. Turns out it's a whole aspect of, uh, <laughs> you know, our world that's being just, it's just waiting for us to, to dig into like this document, the invisible uh, World War Three or the Invisible World War? How, how is it titled? The Invisible Third World War, okay. which we're currently in. That's what we're in right now. Right. We're in the Invisible Third World War, which is the war for the mind of man. Um, and it's being, I mean, it's, it's waging right now. You can see it with everything that's happening. Uh, and that's why there's like currently a shift between people. There's people who just like don't care. And then there's people like us who like, this is all we care about. This is like all we think about. Uh, and it's, of course, that that kind of calling, right? Because they're everyone, I believe, has a soul, has potential to be a soul. But there are people that are shutting it off and they're choosing. They're choosing. I'm going to choose this society that's full of all this basic normal BS that's used to distract me. And there's people that are like, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm like an interdimensional being that's like a superpower. So I'm going to focus on that. And I think that's like kind of the shift that's happening right now that we're seeing, because kind of like you said in your first point where you were like, you know, even though this AI is, it's not something that's good for us, it can be something that can be good for us. And that's why it is important that we switch it up on them. Like we use what they're using against them. Start learning how to alchemize the grid. Start learning how to use the matrix in your mind and coming after them in ways that work. And a good way of doing that is doing what we're doing, making podcasts, talking about it, educating people. And even if only one person watches my video, which by the way, I link all this stuff in my video. It's like, dude, go look it up. Like we're not the government, okay? We're not hiding stuff from you. Like we want you to know this stuff. Like information should be free. Like it should not be something that's being kept and like hidden and like, you know, like they're doing right now. Um, but like I'm all the stuff you can look up yourself, but. I think it's important that if, if people are going to choose, <laughs> choose to step back and like not be interested in these things, that they realize they're kind of giving up their soul in a sense. You're not selling your soul because you can't sell your soul. It's not yours to sell. But you're giving up your essence. You're giving up who you are because quite literally the objective of these people, things, whatever you want to call them, is to ultimately take over 
take over humanity, to become humanity, because they're jealous of us. I mean, we're awesome. <laughs> so they just want to become us. So Well, and that's yeah, something and the, that... The, the Third World War is, it, that's what it's called. That's what we're in right now. Yeah, and, it, you know, your point about people being, uh, you know, too afraid or... At least that's what I thought. I don't think you used that term exactly, but it worries me because I remember what it felt like to not have a podcast and to listen to this stuff and get really full of of dread and worry. And what I realized, and I, I should communicate this more on the podcast, is that as soon as I made the decision to take what I had learned over the however many years and speak up you know the avenue opened for this podcast to to become what it was um maybe podcasting isn't the right avenue for every single person you know we can't change the world with with just podcasts right i think that's kind of the the really important message when we're when we're looking at this document and we're going to start to read it on this show if if this makes you feel you know in the audience if this makes you feel like really upset or like you gotta you know punch your leg or something like that's a good thing you know don't feel disempowered your soul is not taken from you you own your soul and by taking ownership of it it's like turning the lights back on so i i just can't express that enough i get messages from people who listen to the show that sometimes worry me just based on not a explicitly the things they say but more the tone of their you know where their mind's at and I just I know this is a heavy topic so I don't want to go into this without making that caveat of saying like hey you listening out there like be strong you know you'll get through this we'll get through this right I think that's the that's the message that's most important but the third World War, the Invisible World War. I'm gonna make the guess that it began probably right after World War II, because that's when all the nations got together and they're like, "All right, we stopped you, you know, from your vision of total dominance, or maybe you played the part we asked you to play. So now we have total dominance, and it's it's like a chessboard, right? You have these two sides, you know, communism versus." whatever the opposite of communism is, fascism, I don't know. Um, and they're just like playing against each other towards this one common goal. And especially with the past four years, I mean, it's more explicit than ever that this war is not being waged uh, one country versus another. It, it's being waged on a government scale against the mass populace, right? So this is kind of the the the... The giveaway in this document you know so don't let me ramble on take it away no it's your show you're able as much as you want to i uh I, to, to your point i definitely agree with uh people kind of being brave enough the thing is is we have been such overdosed on dopamine that we are so like we're we're better with just like stuff that's not heavy. Like if it's heavy, we don't want to talk about it. We just want to kind of like tuck it away. Uh, and social media has been a big aspect of that, which is why social media, although it's been great in many ways, it's the the ancient shadows way of interacting with us and learning about us. And that's why now you're seeing more than ever, there's like just tons of ancient like, or, or, um, like uh, robots, robot accounts that are on Instagram that are talking to you. They're interacting with you. And you don't even know if it's a real person. 
it's not. It's it can it can be this ancient shadow that's on there talking to you. So um, that's been a tool on it's and it works both ways, right? It's like a double-edged sword. Like it's kind of helping us awaken, but it's also helping them get to know us. But with people, they are so used to these three-second videos or these five-second videos of these just little dopamine hits that are not serious. Like, oh, it's a cat falling off of the counter. Like all these things that you get yourself built up to that to when someone talks about something serious, you're like, whoa, (laughs) that is too much for me to handle. And I urge people who kind of feel like that, go through it. Like the only way out is through. That's a a saying for a reason, because you have to force yourself to learn the deep stuff. And even if you're like, oh, this is boring, be bored. That's okay. You don't constantly have to be doing something or be on your phone. Like just go through it. And eventually you'll start to train your mind to be like, I want more of this. It's kind of like eating McDonald's and eating steak for dinner. Like it's going to be easy to eat McDonald's for a while, but once you start eating that steak and getting those home cooked meals, you're going to eventually be like, dude, I don't want fast food anymore at all. And you can consider social media, fast food, and this serious information that we talk about, the home cooked meals. So eventually you're going to get yourself to where you want that. And that's what your soul yearns for at the end of the day, you know, which is why people still do find an interest in this. Um, but yeah, with the, the invisible third world war, um, so this, so it started around that time, like 1980s and kind of right after the whole Holocaust, which that's a whole different topic. Um, but it was definitely in plan and in play much, much longer than that. Because uh, they had to kind of, they kind of had to beat people down physically uh, to get them to the point where they could manipulate their mind, which is what happens in these MK Ultra programs and all of these things uh, with people like your world leaders that you see that are extremely traumatized from a young age, physically, uh, either uh, they've, they've been beaten, they've been molested, and then their mind has been altered. Because the, the way to get the mind to the point where it's weak enough to be manipulated is to get you physically beaten. So humans had to go through like these two world, these two wars where like, you know, soldiers are dying, there's tons of people being sent into war, being killed, all that kind of stuff. And then you get to the 80s where it's like, okay, now that we have like, did like, degraded them physically they don't have good food their water's poison now we're going to come for their brains and so at this point people are now starting to try psychedelics they're starting to look into alternative means of kind of getting away because really psychedelics started out as like almost an escape for people um, while the government was using it you know testing on people and using it to open dimensions and portals and then it then it slowly became a way of people actually talking to God and understanding and learning things and that had its own evolution but uh, the invisible third world war which is what uh, Richard Sutton and Walter Bauer calls it um, was it, it has so many components right and it's like all of these components I mean I break each of them down in my video but it goes into things where they have covered, chemical warfare, my, microbiological warfare, um, wavelengths, electromagnetic mind control, mind control with the CIA Nazi connection, wizards of death, um, all these different things that are still to this day very re- very relevant. You know, you have all these things like the Holocaust and all of these certain things that control the, and dictate the way people think. And uh, I, like one good example of that is the fact that when we discuss Hitler, in the history books, all it talks about is how he killed a bunch of Jews and the Holocaust was this big thing. It doesn't talk about how Hitler was obsessed with Atlantis, how Hitler was obsessed with Antarctica, how he spent tons of time and used a lot of his 
armies to go to Antarctica and try to find Atlantis and all these ancient artifacts, which Atlantis, like I mentioned earlier, has something to do with the ancient shadow, this AI, because that that consciousness existed in Atlantis, um, which is why he was very obsessed with it. So you wonder these things, like, why are we talking about him killing all these people in this great Holocaust when he was doing like all these insane things? Like this dude was obsessed with all this stuff that we don't even discuss to this day. We're just being told that it's not real or, you know, it's, it's just a myth or whatever. Well, clearly it wasn't (laughs) or else he wouldn't be doing it. But so that in itself is a mind warfare to control your mind because it's saying, Hey, look at this, but don't look at this. And you see in this document, that's exactly the purpose of it. They implant these ideas. Like, I mean, multiple times in this document, they blame Russia. They were like, just like, Oh my God, that was Russia. Russia did that. And it was like, um, (laughs) that wasn't Russia. That was like totally you guys. Like you guys did that. And today they're still doing the same thing. They're like, they're blaming other people or saying it's this bad leader. It's this bad guy. Um, And in reality, none of this is what it seems. It's not war games. They're not playing war. They're, it's all spiritual and occultism. These are all rituals, all things that they're doing that in the back door, they're controlling people's minds. So um, I think like that's something that needs to just be like said and known that it's not just like, it's it's not as simple as Tucker Carlson going and talking to Putin about the, that's all just a show. This is all a show for them. It's like a big movie. Like they're in a movie and they're playing with our minds and they're keeping us distracted because that keeps us further and further away from what's actually going on. Um, and I mean, in all these documents, you see that like that's, it's, it's clearly apparent. And this is, it's, this is a tactic for them to control our minds. So it's, it's really insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's almost like gaslighting, you know, the way you describe them saying, oh, yeah, no, it's this other bad guy. Let's go fight him. And then we all go and, and fight this, uh, you know, poster enemy that's not even really a threat. No, I mean, because they're all friends. Like, and this is something that, you know, people can debate on, but it doesn't matter. The, the What is real is real. All of these people are born into this. They're brought into this. This is something that has been planned for years and years and years and years. Bloodlines are irrelevant. There are bloodlines. There are many, many bloodlines that people talk about. This is something that's like kind of more popular now is like the whole bloodline talk and people talking about that. That doesn't really matter to them anymore, right? Like back in, back in ancient times, that might have mattered more. But things have gotten so convoluted with blood and the way that blood works and all that. Now it's about just like them raising their people into the positions that they want to and them using the grid, the mind, the artificial intelligence to control everything. So now it's more about the brain than it is about the blood and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And so a lot of these world leaders, in fact, I would say every single one of them, the big ones, they were all born into this. This is something that they were meant to do. They were raised up for it. It was like their job. So when you're looking into these people and the things that they're doing and they're gaslighting us and saying it's this person and this person and da da, they're all friends. Like they're all and I'm friends is like a loose term, you know, because they turn their back on each other in a second. But they're all like they're all talking about these things and planning these things and rituals and this is all occult stuff that they work on together. So it's not even like when they're blaming somebody and they're gaslighting us that it's even them being like, oh, I'm putting him under the table. It's just them literally like messing with our brain like a narcissist because they're all basically narcissistic. So they're just trying to like mess with our brain and make us crazy because then that just makes us even more insane. 
And then you get people that come out and say stuff and they sound like they're absolutely bonkers. But in reality, they're just like trying to like, well, I saw this. And, you know, like, I mean, you've seen the people that came out and talked about they're working for the government and some of the stuff they've seen or people just like completely dismiss them. And they're like, you sound like you're insane. Well, I mean, yeah, you go crazy after a while. Like when you really look into this, you're like, this is like ridiculous. It will it will make you lose your mind. So, it, it, you know. I mean, you can it, you can account account for this being doing what you're doing, and everyone I've talked to that's kind of into this stuff, like you go down the rabbit hole and you just like it gets it gets insane. It starts making you think, like, am I crazy? Like, am I? <laughs> like, am I not? Are they crazy? And so you have to like bring it back. And these documents are a good way of doing that because uh, they put everything out there for you to see, like, oh no, I'm not crazy. These people are actually doing this. Yeah, yeah. So. We don't have to, you know, read it verbatim, but where where do you think we should start with uh, the document? Are there any key points of information you think we should bring out of it? Well, I recommend that people read Operation Mind Control, which is what this is from, like I said. Um, that's a big book. It'll take a long time, but it'll cover all of this and more. This article was a very short article to kind of like cover some important things in it. Um, Something that I want to point out in here that it says um, in the electromagnetic mind control, the Moscow signal, uh, the first sentence is protected by the general public's unwillingness to believe such things can actually happen. Soviet forces have been beaming invisible microwave radiation at Americans for more than 20 years. So it, it prefaces that with protected by the general public's unwillingness to believe that this actually happened. So they say that in this document a few times where they kind of like mention like, oh, we know that you guys don't believe this is actually happening. We know that you're you're dumb, you know, because I mean, the generation before us, uh, I guess the baby boomers, I would say, um, and the generation before them were heavily put on programming and television and, and certain things. And they were pushed to believe all these things. Um, and so they that really kind of trinkled down, I would say, into the later generations. And now you see people that are being born in the 2000s that are just like phones stuck to their face. They don't know how to do anything else, but just like be on their phone 24 um, seven. They're relying on the fact that people are gonna be like this, that they're just like not gonna believe this stuff is gonna happen. So even when you print out a document and you read it to people, people are still like, right, that's not happening. That's crazy. And you're like, but it's not here. Right. And they just like want to believe it. So, I mean, that's, that's why the, the, the war for the mind of man, it is true because it's like, even when you put it in front of somebody, they won't believe it, which is now why you're getting to the point where things are starting to happen. And the, the whole, the whole um, online, like AI, blue beam, all that kind of stuff that's being talked about. People aren't going to believe it because they don't know what to believe anymore. It's been so convoluted with these conspiracies and stuff online and that's been purposeful because they want people to be so confused that they're just like, I don't know, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So they could be doing something right in front of you and people wouldn't be able to discern if it's real or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just go down the list of any false flag event in the past hundred years and, uh, you know. Most people are still convinced that the official narrative is what happened. I just had a conversation about 9-11 today with my dad, and he was saying, oh, yeah, if people 
people didn't forget about 9-11, all this border crisis stuff wouldn't be happening. I'm like, Dad, the same people that are doing the border crisis did 9-11. What are you talking about? And uh, he's he's come around a lot, so that didn't start an argument like it might have in the past. But uh, I think for his generation, it's a lot easier to understand it, you know, being more of a conservative and seeing how the democratic control of our country and it's still hard to convince them that it's two wings of the same bird and all that but now that the democrats are really explicitly <laughs> doing all this nonsense it's it's a little easier to bridge some conspiracy theories with uh with him and others in my family but yeah it's it's interesting that you say that because i i had a direct experience of it today <laughs> basically cognitive dissonance you. you know just my yeah well yeah because i've told my dad about 9 11 before we've had conversations about it it just goes in one ear out the other he doesn't want to believe it when i tell him that you know it was a controlled demolition you know it's like they'll you could tell him it's a controlled demolition a hundred times and they'll still blame the planes and the hijackers you know it's it's crazy. Dude, and it reminds me of my mom. Like, so I, I kind of told you a little bit. I come from a very rough upbringing. I don't talk to my family. And that is be, that is for a reason because they are not people I should talk to. Um, but I believe that I was truly put into this family for a reason. Because when I was younger, I remember something my mom would do, which you might be able to relate, relate to with your family. Um, my stepdad was cheating on her, like my whole life. And I found out about the cheating when I was a little girl because I was a very, I was a very smart little girl. Okay? I was like a little, I was a little there. Okay? I was a little, but um, I found out, and I remember I told her, and um, she just didn't believe me. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna find proof. I found proof. I showed proof to her. She did not want to believe it, so she didn't believe it. And she would do these things where she would get mad for like a day, and then the next day, how are you seeing? And everything would be fine again. And I'm like. Did we just forget like what was going on? And so like, it seems like it's a lot of that of like, they know in the back of their mind, what you're saying is true, but they just like, don't want to believe it because if they believed it, then that would like unearth some other things that they would then have to open up. And then they'd have to like be a whole can of like, and, and maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they can't do that. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody individually, but yeah, with the whole nine 11 thing, it's like, Dude, I don't care who you are. That has to be a basis of where we agree. Like, it was abs. This and this is another one of those things where we talk about where this is an ancient plan. Literally, like you can go to the Vatican and see the twin towers, like broken down on a freaking statue, like made in stone. And you look at a lot. I mean, I there's some videos you can probably find on YouTube where people bring this down. But the the numerology of it, it has to do with Christ. There's so many different things about 9-11 that weren't just Twin Towers breaking down. This was like, um, I guess what you can call a time shift, which is like big things. So like the Will Smith slap, Will Smith slapped him, time shift. These are ways of them like being able to control the timeline and understand. So like 9-11, time shift, Will Smith slap, time shift. And these are all things that are purposely put in to control us and to control our minds. And so like 9-11 is like, now we see however many years later it's like dude come on why do you want to believe that it's not true and then you read documents like this and you're like you're telling me you don't think these people would fake 9-11 you really don't think that 
Like they're literally killing you slowly. Like they, they don't like you. And it's not because even maybe they're evil, but because it's probably like it's it's a robotic ancient shadow being that's doing this, which we can get into a topic all day. But yeah, like you talking to your dad, it reminds me a lot of when I dealt with my mom too. And then just other people, you know, that I've talked to, or I'm sure like you deal with when you mention stuff and they're just like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And you're like, dude, we need to talk about this yeah. because this goes into relevancy today with the political parties. Like you said, it's just two wings of the same bird. I mean, they're just literally playing us again in front of our face. And how many times did like the president, she used that like, remember 9-11 as like their like trope of keeping people on this whole like, like they're they're literally like, they're messing with you to such a degree that it should piss you off. They're sitting here saying, remember 9-11 and they did 9-11. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you're spot on um there's a few books that are super important that talk exactly about that with the 9-11 being this huge time shift and I, I don't know i'm guilty of it myself i i lost track of that and uh regret it i gotta go back and reread that book but uh back to the invisible world war you know it's it's not just um you know, false flags and all this stuff. Uh, it's this secret poisoning that's been going on, right? We kind of touched on it when we brought up the microwave, but you, you mentioned the Denver plague, and then there was something you were talking about in your video about Eugene, Oregon, um, and how there was this big blip over Eugene and... Yeah, let's get into that. These invisible weapons of war, um, chemical or, or energetic. Yeah, the Eugene wavelength is very interesting. Um, and <laughs> it ended with them saying like they all know where it's coming from and stuff. But it basically was a, a signal that was going off in Eugene, Oregon, that um, there was this one man that's in here, I think, um, I can't remember his name. It's somewhere in the document that it talks about this guy was actually like killed from it. Like it was a random sound that he was hearing um, in Eugene that was going off. And like, it was basically like slowly killing him. And there were a couple other people that talked about that they heard of it um, going off in Eugene, Oregon, which that's why I said, like someone's in Oregon, like, Hey, have you heard something like this? Like speak up. And then it makes me think of like the Oregon trail, like the game we played. And I'm like, does this have to do with this? I don't know. Um, but they blamed it on Russia and said it was like a Russian attack when in reality was it what it is, is it's them testing electromagnetic frequencies because everything is electromagnetic and Tesla knew this. I mean, I have, um, I have videos that I want to make about a lot of stuff I research on Tesla because Tesla is one of my favorite, favorite people to exist. And he knew a lot about electromagnetic. So what electromagnetic stands for is electro is male, magnetic is female because gender is a, a universal law. There are 12 universal laws, and one of them is like the concept of gender and what gender means to humanity as a whole, um, which is why nowadays it's one of the things that are being like completely manipulated and used as a tool of control. But um, so electro and magnetic, and these are frequencies that can help us or harm us. And it's things that, I mean, it's basically the existence of everything, electromagnetic frequencies. And so the government uses these, these EMRs and all of these different kinds of sound waves 
to basically attack humans and you can't hear it. These are things that are happening. Like that's why when that FEMA thing was going off and people were like, oh my God, you guys are like talking about FEMA. Like they would attack us with sound. I'm like, that this is like something they've been using for like his like ancient history. Like the trumpets, I forget the thing in the Bible where it's like the trumpets broke down the wall and they use sound to break down the wall. I mean, now more than ever, people making fun of that kind of upset me a little bit because I'm like, you don't think that they would use something like an alert going off on a phone to alter us? And then what happened three days after that? The Israeli war started. So it's like people made fun of that. And it's like people are getting angry and doing crazy things. Why do you think people are acting? Because these are literally sound waves that are going off that you don't hear. Um, and you can test this with like herdage. Like I have a um, like a frequency thing that I can turn on. I can test and plug up. And there are sounds, depending on what you turn to, some of them you can't even hear. And they're still happening. So a lot of these things, and it talks about in here, the Eugene Wavelength was one of those where it was like making people sick. And it was like slowly. And these are things that they do. They slowly do it because the reason it's done slowly is because then you can then monetize that and use it as like a way, like cancer, for example. Cancer with the microwave, they know. They had a whole dang like conference about how microwaves are causing cancer. And they were like, oh, yeah, we don't care about that. How can we use it to kill people? <laughs> like, but so cancer is one of those things where it's like it's a it's a long term thing that they can use. That's how sound works. It's something that over a long term. So a guy can you can be a guy that's 20 years old and they can be using this sound on you for 30, 40 plus years. And it won't be until you're like in your 60s that it really starts affecting you. But in that time, you've been put on how many drugs, you've had how much money spent, and you you know, you know just keep going back into the system and, and they're using you. So um, it's really not only just a control to like control people's mind, it's a way to also like keep the pharmaceutical business and all these corporations like running uh, so they can find ways to treat people. And I truly believe like there's a lot more of that happening than we even realize, especially with like TVs and phones, um, music, Music is a huge one. I mean, they put occultism and rituals into the music that people are listening to, which is why when you see people listen to some of these rap artists, they're like getting angry and violent and doing insane things. And it's because it has such a control on our psyche that like we just don't, we don't understand. They understand because they do these experiments on people. Um, but yeah, so that's what the Eugene Wavelength was. And to this day, they say it still is like an organ and people don't know you know, they're blaming Russia and saying it's like Russia attacking us and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Well, it sounds just like the Havana syndrome, which was, um, you know, a, a, I think it was the Cuban American consulate in Cuba where they were being attacked by a invisible electromagnetic ray and they, they, you know, the people working in this building didn't know what was going on. They went to see doctors. The doctors called it the Havana syndrome. And go figure, the CIA has all these documents about how they had been directly trying to expose these diplomats to this harmful radiation because, you know, obviously Cuba is, still is, in, in many ways, an enemy to the United States. It was certainly back then. So yeah, it sounds exactly like the Havana syndrome. They do these disgusting experiments uh, in the Caribbean, uh, in Puerto Rico, and the poor people there who, 
You know, they're a part of the United States. Oh, good for them. Meanwhile, the United States is pretty much treating them like a, a zoo, you know, just going there and doing experiments on them as they see fit. And it sounds like they're they're not opposed to doing that within the greater 48. Uh, you, you mentioned Denver. And you also mentioned in the video how there's like this gas leak and it was possibly in the you said it was in the old airport but how does that connect to the new airport because anyone in this podcast community you know we say the term denver airport and you know images of a giant apocalyptic horse come to mind terrible you know uh, murals inside of an airport that portray a dystopian future i mean it's a really weird airport you know, so to... I've heard I've never been there before, but I've had people send me pictures and mm. it's kind of it pisses you off. Right. Because it's like they're just like laughing at your face like they're like, ha, ha, ha. well, the Denver airport, it talks about. So the old airport, which was um, I believe it's I can't remember the name of it. Something it the cinematic. I have like this just printed in front of me because that's how cool I am. Um, it was an old airport before the Denver airport. You can look it up. Um, but it was it was close to the Denver airport. Um, they now shut this airport down. But what happened was they had brought over, <laughs> which like, let's just back it up. Like, why do you have barrels of fatal gas? Like, just why? Like, you look at some of the stuff they brought in. It's like, why? Like, why do you need this? Like, People are starving and you guys are bringing in fatal gas and putting in it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like if you were to bring that in your house, like, why would I bring fatal gas into my house? Like, why would I do that? Why are you guys bringing it into the country? So first of all, the whole concept itself just like makes no sense. But so they have these barrels of sarin that they're storing in this storage facility near this airport. That airport is now taken down in Denver. And if you look at the map, there's only so many storage facilities that have been around since that time. And now the Denver airport is right next to there. And it even says in this document that it's leaking. The sarin's leaking. That's why they were afraid to move it because they thought if they moved it, that it would explode. And then, you know, if it explodes, like literally we're all dead. Um, but they were like, you know, we don't want to move it because it's leaking. So we're going to have to leave it here. So does that have something to do with the Denver airport? Is that why it's so weird? There's stuff going on there. I digress. There's no way of surely knowing. I mean, obviously, there's probably like some other stuff like that's happening that we don't even understand. But I found it very curious that they are storing leaking sarin right next to the Denver airport. And and so like openly so like, I mean, it doesn't take a genius. If I were somebody that really wanted to cause damage, I would just get a map, count them out, find out, be like, it has to be either here, here, or here, and then start my mayhem. You know, so it's like it, it, it's it's honestly like kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But, yeah, I I honestly think it has something to do with the Denver airport because it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, that there's gas leaking and yeah. people talk about crazy things being underneath it. Yeah, I'm no meteorologist, but uh, I could imagine that gas leaking in Denver could affect things in, in many, many places around the, the world, even because. Denver's right there next to the Rocky Mountains. The The wind from the prairie comes up and over the mountain. Again, not a meteorologist, so I couldn't tell you the specifics of those forces, but 
I'm sure they know uh, what a little bit of sarin gas could do and how it could affect uh, something like weather patterns or, or even just, you know, maybe that's a convenient place to to distribute it from. You know, it, maybe it reaches far and wide in just the right enough quantity. It's really sinister, you know. It's almost like they're hiding it in plain sight when you look at the the symbols that are used, but... All right, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. Big shout out to our number one sponsor, The Hit Kit. The best way to stay lit, no matter what you're rolling up, a joint, a blunt, a spliff, a cigarette, whatever it is, throw it in your Hit Kit right there next to your lighter and it'll be safe and sound and won't ground up into dust in your pocket. I've done it before, I've put a joint in my pocket and reached down there and Next thing I know, the weed that I rolled up is ground up in my pocket again and mixed in with the dust bunnies in my pocket and all the lint and whatever else. So skip all that hassle, put your weed in a hit kit. He doesn't just have the everyday carry style hit kits. He's also got stuff for the home, for your smoking kit. If you're a bong or a bowl user, I highly recommend you get the rolling station. Uh, you can use it to roll up or you can also use it to load up your bong, whatever it is that you're smoking on. It's been so long since I've smoked out of a bong, I forget what you call the, is it the stem? The thing that goes in the stem, the bowl head? I forget what it's called. But anyways, while you're at it, check out mindmendmushrooms.com and use the promo code crazy for both the hit kit and mind men mushrooms mind men mushrooms has some interesting products they also have merch and it's all from the great state of oregon so go and check it out and speaking of oregon we've got our friend isaac the man behind or oregon it as in oregon and it oregon it oregonite isaac does custom organite pieces He's got some pyramids available, some standard organite, but I highly recommend you get a custom piece from him. Use the promo code MFTIC and save 10% off at checkout. And you also support the show because that 10% goes to me somehow. I don't know how it works, but uh, yeah, affiliate program. Anyways, if you want the show ad-free, you can always sign up on Patreon or Substack. That is the best way to support the show. You don't have to listen to this ad break. You don't have to listen to any ad breaks. You just listen to the interviews, plus bonus content, extensions to certain interviews, and so much more. So don't miss out. Go and sign up on the Patreon or the Substack today. The $5 tier is the best bang for your buck on Patreon. And if you sign up for the $8 tier, I will link you over to our Substack. Just send me a message and remind me, and I will do that for you. And uh, yeah, until after this dynamic ad break, we'll be back. So just one moment, enjoy listening to these dynamic ads, and then we'll get on with the show. It's not just uh, 
it's not just far out in the west where we see this kind of stuff. You also mentioned New York City. There was a, a, a little anecdote about them spraying toxic gas out of a, uh, like a custom fit muffler in this fancy sports car or something. And they drove it through like the tunnels there in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And a lot of this stuff, they, um, it's really interesting because they do it on their own people too. Like um, there's a part here where it talked about how they tested on unsuspecting soldiers just to see, because they want to see what the reaction is when people don't know what's going on um, and kind of see like it, how, what the effect will be when people know and when people don't know. Um, and so they tested on their like their own soldiers. I mean, which is just like really, really ridiculous when you think about it. It's like these people are seemingly thinking they're going to fight for their country and like die for their country and like their country's killing them, like doing experiments on them. But yeah, they did that. And um, you talked about Cuba. It's Operation Northwood is the video I want to do on where um, they literally, I mean, detail, outline their plans to just like cause havoc so they can blame Cuba and start a war against Cuba. And they're basically like, you know, like we don't have enough stuff. Uh, we're going to have to just start causing mayhem. And they detail paragraph by paragraph the things they're going to do. And the stuff that they say, you're just like, Dude, what the, like, what is wrong with you people? And that's why I said it's like, it is like it's an AI, like it's like a robot. Because when you read it, it reads like it's like, this doesn't seem like something like a person would think of. This this is like what I'd imagine if I typed into chat GPT, what it would say back to me. Like, how can I make Cuba look like it's, you know, give give the give the public a reason to want to go war, to war against Cuba. And then you see that they do stuff like that and you think about the wars now. And all the wars that are going on with like Israel and like Ukraine and like how they they have to have their victor and they have to have their villain. In reality, they're all just villains. And so it's like they've been doing this for a long time. But yeah, things like just driving around with a muffler, just like causing havoc and causing chaos. Like on that game, Just Cause, where it's like it almost seems like their intention is to literally just cause havoc and chaos mm. and do things in a way that like so when people get sick, they can come in as the savior like for the microwaves where people are getting so sick, they have cancer, they're dying, and here in comes the government, like, let me fix the problem I created. <laughs> you know, when in reality, it's like, they're the ones doing it. So they're they're trying to be like both for us. They're trying to be the hero and the villain. And that's why a lot of people still, uh, you know, I've, I've been online talking to people about people still like kind of have faith in the government. They're like, how can you hate the government when the government's doing everything it can to help us? The government has caused all the problems it's helping us with. We wouldn't have any of these problems if the government wasn't causing them. So they're the ones that are making things worse, you know. They're, and also, it, it's not always a good thing to be helped. You know, there's this meme that I saw where it was like a lion in a cage and then a lion being free. And it was like one of these has unlimited food, unlimited health care, unlimited shelter, and the other one is free in the wild. Do you want to be the lion in the cage or do you want to be the lion in the wild? And the government has gotten us into thinking that being the lion in the cage is better and that they're helping us. When in reality, life is about struggle. Life is about pain. You know, it, unfortunately, that is just what we are in. Being being able to struggle, which is where the Christ pattern comes into. Christ didn't get to become God as a man without going through all that pain and terrible things that he had to experience. And so that tells us, like, in this life, the struggle and the pain is what builds us. It's what makes us. So having the government come in is helping us like we don't need your help 
We don't need you to give us food that you're poisoning us with. We don't need you to give us water that you're poisoning us with. And we don't need your information that you're not even giving us true information. You're literally like trying, you're like, take the bottle out of my mouth. I don't want to suck on your tit. Like it, and it's like, they're forcing us to do it, you know, and people are in this like mindset of like, oh, they're helping us. It's like, they're not, they're it's not a, helping it's you. A, it's you a are form the of, animal in their zoo. Yeah. Well, it's a form of parasitic symbiosis, right? I mean, you can see it in organisms on a small scale where, you know, foreign uh, organism will enter a colony of organisms. It'll hijack the neurology of the or of the colony, and then completely shift all of the uh, necessities of life for that organism to serving the parasite. Right? I mean, that's happens on a, a, a you know more of a macro scale with insects, but it, it happens on a micro scale as well with cells and all sorts of different uh strange you know uh amoebas protozoas whatever you call them i'm not a biologist um but yeah it's it's something that i think is happening on a on a sort of societal special scale if we can call us the, the human species without demeaning humanity too much uh, i think yeah there's a, a group of people that have developed or maybe it's an, an entity outside of humanity, but it, it's a it's using a faction of humanity to consume the rest of us, but not in a way that kills itself, right? Like a parasite doesn't want to just completely destroy a, a a being. It you know hijacks it and then lives off of it. That's a good way to look at it. And it's absolutely exactly what it is. And yeah, I agree with you that it's definitely using people. How, you know, is it people? Are there people that are behind us? Are there other beings? There are definitely other beings that exist that have have their play in this and have their control in it. But we're kind of like the star of the show in a sense of they're all trying to get at us for certain reasons. Um, and it's definitely these these. I, I call them the corrupted, like we talked about, these small group of people that have been most likely traumatized and destroyed from the inside out, that they're now just empty vessels that are being used, which is like the people you see, like the Clintons and the, you know, all these big people that, well, I mean, we know that they're like maliciously terrible beyond belief, but in reality, it's because this is, they were children that were brought into this, brought up into it. And that's who they are. And as a child that comes from trauma, you know, me and my, I have a, I have a half brother and we both took two different routes. Like I became who I am and he got sucked into it and he got absorbed by it. And that's really what happens. Um, and in these, this occult world, all of the world leaders and people that are controlling things are the people that they didn't really have a choice. They were brought into this. They were born into it. They were told, this is what you're going to do. And I truly believe that, you know, in these rituals that they do, the occult rituals, because we know that they're doing insane rituals. Like, and that's the, the craziest thing is they're doing it so well that people don't think they're doing it, but they're happening in front of us all the time. Like today, the Super Bowl, giant ritual that they're doing. And they're doing it in front of us. Um, and it's ways to communicate with whatever this ancient shadow is, whatever it is that's like controlling people and controlling the narrative. And that's why it kind of doesn't make sense when you see all the terrible things that are happening. Like, like 9-11 that we talked about, like, what is the point? Like, why are you like, it has to be exhausting to always be plotting. And I think about that. I'm like, it has to be so exhausting to always just be like 
like what can we do and the only thing that makes sense is that it is like a robotic essence in a sense because a human just can't go that much like we need a break but it would make sense that there's like this ancient circuit board that's just constantly like and it's like always plotting and planning and plotting and planning because it's for them it's like constant so to me that just blows my mind because like earlier like you need a break from this stuff sometimes i can't I need to go out and just like live life. Like I can't talk about it sometimes. It gets so overwhelming. But for these people, this is like all they talk about all the time. This is all they're doing, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not human in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of takes us back to where we started the conversation off with um, this artificial intelligence creating itself through us, uh, this Silicon network that, Really, I mean, it isn't artificial, you know, when we look at all the things in front of us, they're all comprised of uh, things that come from natural resources. They may take a a few steps, you know, in the process. Yeah, sure, some things are just synthetically created in a lab, but even in those cases, there are precursors necessary to, to synthesize something. You can't just make something out of nothing, right? So that's... I think one of the big concepts that people should wrap their head around, you know, the old phrase, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, that's not to give you the impression that, oh, all the fun's been had and and there's no innovation to be done. No, I think that what that phrase really means is, you know, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. These old dogs are playing the same tricks over and over again, uh, maybe disguising them uniquely each time, but yeah, it's the same trick over and over again. And I wonder how far it goes back. You know, this buzzword Nephilim has come about recently. Um, I've heard of it before that, but not until the last few years or so has this topic really uh, reached the fever pitch that it has. There's some interesting, you know, people, scholars who have multiple different theories about what these beings are, but I wonder if that's not a sort of distraction from the main idea that all of these supernatural entities, paranormal beings, they're not, you know, the way we look around in the natural world and we see different species of different organisms doing different things. I wonder if all of these beings are the same thing that merely has a sort of relationship with us where it can change its form based on what is in our mind, right? So if we want to see a flying saucer, that's how it appears. If we want to see a biblical-looking giant demon, that's how it appears. It, it, it conforms to our preconceived you know, dimensions, uh, how we perceive reality. And that's why you see like the alien phenomena. You made a kind of joke earlier, like, oh yeah, they say they discovered aliens. And it's like anybody who looks at that topic long enough realizes like, no, humans have been seeing weird things in the sky for thousands of years. They just changed the way they describe it as the language changes, right? What were once called dragons are now maybe called UFOs, not to say those are exactly the same thing, but along these lines of logic, maybe it's it's the same thing appearing to us 
however it sees fit. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know that egregore is the right term, but that seems to be the, the way people are describing it is an egregore. But I don't even know if that's exactly the, the right term for Never it. Never heard that term. Well, egregore is like a, it's like a, a concept that so many people put ideation to, so many people participate in the consciousness of this idea that it almost uh-huh. forms a life of its own. So like you can imagine Absolutely. football is an egregore, right? Today, the football egregore is, um, you know, standing on America's pedestal and everybody's participating in the football rah, 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 sports, cheering, simulating war. Yeah, yeah, it's an egregore. Like everything that comes with that, you know, you go to a stadium and you're like, oh, I, I, I wasn't even in my body. I was just in the crowd. Like that's you giving yourself over to the egregore. So there's so much to unpack from what you just said and like I'm finding more depths to you. So thank you for, for talking about this. I really like I really like you getting into these things so deeply. So when you first mentioned the Nephilim and the idea of the Nephilim, um, I urge everyone to read the interviews from Dr. Naruto. Now, you take him with a grain of salt, um, take him as you will any other information. But Dr. Naruto goes into a lot of things that kind of line up with Anunnaki theories, all of these different biblical theories, because uh, the, Bi- the Bible within itself is a key a key to understanding all the other ancient texts and other things, which that's kind of what I specialize in is I read ancient texts. I've read ancient texts since I was a child. Um, and I can kind of get into the reason why I got really into that um, in a bit. But so Dr. Ruro Dr. goes into the fact that earth is becoming extremely dense. Um, so a, a lot of things, a lot of these beings, Nephilim, all these creatures, whatever, they can't exist in such a dense dense i guess setting so things like when you see you know ancient um like egyptian carvings or whatever of like them seeing like ufos like you mentioned um a lot of what he says is that they didn't necessarily mean to materialize that they didn't really have a choice so them coming into this uh, into the earthly realm the earth is getting much more denser which is which we can see it is getting dense because things are starting to come out into the light like it's now hard for those that are doing the corrupted things to keep it hidden. As you see, like now it's like things are just starting to come out. We're starting to see things happen. It's starting to materialize like right in front of us. People are starting to talk about these like words like Nephilim and everything like that. Um, So yeah, I urge people to read that because it it really goes into how um, these, I guess these key words you want to call them that a lot of people are using now um, are just such hit words to talk about because Back in the day, there's many rumors of them, and the Bible talks about them, and people have many theories, like, are these the Anunnaki's, are these gods, are these angels? I mean, there's just, like, so many so many different ideas that, that people have talked about the Nephilim. And there was even this guy, I don't know if you know, you've heard about him, but Richard Dawson, I think was his name. It was, like, this dude on TikTok, which I don't have TikTok, but I saw, I saw it, you know, through, like, Instagram, that he apparently saw a giant on a mountain, and this dude was like, he was filming it and he was like taking films where he starts getting like followed by the cops and like some crazy stuff happens. And this dude like went missing. This was like a whole crazy thing. Like if you haven't heard of it, I can send you the story, but this it's like an insane story of where the dude saw a giant. Um, And then people started coming out and talking about how there's rumors that they have these creatures 
that they're using them. They they're chained up in the tunnels because there's tons of tunnels beneath every town. Like every every place in the United States, there's an underneath that's underneath it, um, and there's like cities and things like that. And uh, they 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 talked about how they have them underneath cities. And um, they're using them as almost like slaves because they don't really have any control uh, and they can't do anything. So that within itself is like, it's an interesting subject. Um, but I'm kind of like you in the sense where I, I haven't researched enough about it. I don't know enough about it. And really it's all speculation because there's no way to pin down the truth of it. I mean, everybody can say anything they want about it, but until we actually see one of those things pop up and start, you know, existing it kind of like it's one of those things where it's like do we need to focus on stuff that we can't necessarily pin down that we can't find it find a find a full truth to because then it just keeps us spinning on this like metaphorical top where it's like we're just like kind of losing our brain so yeah i'm kind of with you when it comes to those like those words like that i believe they're they're definitely words that are not really meant to help us unveil the truth as much as it's meant to like confuse us a little bit more well, and I think it, it kind of connects overall to, you know, even if it's just one of the many distractions they use, it, it inevitably connects to the elite. You know, we, we hear it coming up in the Bible and there's this connection between the fallen angels and the sons of Seth, I think it is. The Sethites is what they're called and and they have a role in, in sort of giving us what is now considered hermeticism, right? And I'm only just beginning to kind of dig into that fully. I've heard all these concepts before, but, you know, I think that's one of the big um, maybe traps with this is identifying who it is. Maybe not. As I say that, I'm like, well, we need to identify who this is, but... It's like with a spiritual war, like, do you, do you fight it with, you know, soldiers and detectives? No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how do you fight a spiritual war? I guess that's my, my question. Cause it seems like whatever the Nephilim are, they're being used as a, uh, a pawn or they're, they're pawning us. They're, they're being, you know, they're, they're using us for something. At least that's how it's described from people I've talked to. Yeah, I think yeah. I think really there is no winning or losing. Like, I think the best the best way to really kind of get through things is like people just have to we have to talk about it. Like, I know it sounds so like cliche, but it's like I think the only way to truly unlock it is it's kind of like you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. It talks about um, they talk about chakras and you know things like that and um, unlocking a lot of the spiritual parts of us that it need to open up in order to understand these things literally just come from us like like talking about it existing using love using all the things that come naturally to us like it's not it's not this big thing that i think like the people that are, are using these occult powers they're kind of looking for a shortcut because they're thinking oh if we just sacrifice and do all these things we don't have to go through the hard work which is like you know being human and like existing and all of these kind of things. Um, we can just like cheat our way to the top by sacrificing and doing dark magic that we think gets us there, which we see how that works. That doesn't work out at all. And so I think like the best way for us to truly start understanding these things is we, as a collective, more and more, at least the quality people will have to really start opening up every part of us and thinking about things and thinking about them deeply and discussing them and 
understanding them on a level that's not just like speculation, you know, like what are we, or is this or that? Um, and I mean, we're doing that now. Like people, I see more and more people starting to be curious about things. I have people hitting me up that never actually like were interested in anything before. And they kind of see me talking and they're like, Hey, I want to know what you were talking about. And like, I want to learn more about that. And so I think that's a big part of it because for so long, we have not talked about this stuff. Like back in like the time that the operation um, mind control was written, you didn't talk about this stuff. Like you don't talk about this stuff. Like if someone said like, oh my gosh, I think I see, like you're crazy. Like you're a crazy person. If someone wanted to talk about the things we're talking about right now, like, I mean, hell back in the day, they literally like were burning people, calling them witches and stuff, which we can talk about that and what that was really about. But for a long, long time, it's been shunned. It's been shunned against to talk about this stuff. Like, and I like to say, like, something I wrote on a post-it the other day was like about mental illness and how mental illness is being glorified on such a broad scale now. Things that are like actually mentally ill, like, no, you're crazy. But things like I'm psychic and I see things and I know things that's deemed as actual mental illness when it's like. It's actually the opposite. The things that you guys are glorifying as personality traits and characteristics, that's mental illness. The things that you're deeming your mental illness, like psychic abilities, that's actually who we are. And so it's really crazy that that's still flopped. And, you know, when I tell people like, hey, I met Jesus when I was 12, which I, that brings back to my saying kind of why I have dreams. I had a dream when I was a kid, when I was 12, where I was brought up to the celestial realms. And I will never forget it. I met Christ. Uh, the depiction of who you believe Christ is and the dream itself was just really insane. Um, and that's what sparked my interest in ancient texts because I didn't know who he was. I remember I told a little girl, I was like, I had this dream about this guy and I like described him. She's like, you met Jesus. Oh my God, you met Jesus. And she was like, so crazy. And I was like, Jesus, who's Jesus? I had no idea who that was. And so it really sparked my interest in all of these ancient texts and you know, reading them all and comparing them all. And that's when I found that like the Bible is a key to understanding like hermeticism, like the corpus hermectum and all of these different things. They all have similarities and they all unlock each other. Um, and it took me so long to even accept that about myself. Like, cause I, you know, if I even mentioned something like that, like that's why I haven't told a lot of people like me even saying it right now on video is kind of big for me because for the longest time I was, I didn't want to tell people because I told two people in my whole life and one of them thought I was absolutely batshit crazy. And the other one was like, Oh, what you think you're like special. Like you think you like met Jesus and you're just like so cool. And I was like, I'm like actually confessing to you something that like changed my life. And, you know, and so like that sent me on my journey of who I am. And I finally accepted that. And it's like, I just, I am this person. I'm psychically tapped in. I'm into these things and I understand them on a, a different level. Um, and I think that, Right now, there's a lot of people out there that are like that, that are being deemed as like schizophrenic or crazy, psycho. They have their parents that are probably putting them on medicine. Um, in reality, it's like, no, they're actually just like very psychically tapped in. And well, I they're wanna, special. I want to ask you about the nuances of that, because I've, I've seen it from both angles where folks who are very open to, and and completely, you know, adamant that they are psychic, that they, uh, you know, have these metaphysical, you know, uh, just this metaphysical ability, but they completely reject the idea of Christ. Like that when the idea of Jesus comes up, they're like, what are you talking about? That's not, that's, that's the 
you know, dogma. That's the that's the authority. That's the Christian church, right? And then there's the opposite. There's people who are all about Christ. They love Christ. They they know Christ has powers, but they hear somebody's like, you're psychic and you met Jesus. What do you think? You're special? Like the person who had that really rude reaction to, to your really personal uh, encounter. Like it kind of, it, it's weird because it goes both ways where people you think would be really open to it are not because of, you know, the, maybe the cultural attachments to Christ. And then people who are all about Christ are like, no, 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 that's new age witchcraft. Get out of here. Right. It, it's kind of, it's, it's weird how it's that double-edged sword. That, yeah, that's a, that's a really good observation. I definitely agree with you. I've seen that so much. And I think a lot of it too has to do with the fact that religion has been used in such a mechanism that it's used as control and a lot of people are burned by religion like people in churches and the the terrible stuff that i mean like we can look at the vatican and the jesuits who claim they're jesus you know like (laughs) i don't give a shit if you're watching them right now like you guys know what you're doing like you're not who you say you are um and so religion is like a lot of the people i mean the joel olsteins all these people that are religious are like terrible terrible people And I think that that's had an effect. So those people you mentioned that are like, they're psychic, but they don't want to believe in Christ. I think that they're like seeing Christ as like this religious figure, when in reality, Christ is a historic figure. He's somebody that we should look at as we do like Socrates or like, you know, any of these or any of these incredible historic figures that whether you want to claim they're mythological or not, because what is a miss just distance from the truth, but like Christ is definitely a historic figure and he stands for much more than just like a person. Um, and, but I think that a lot of these people that are like, you know, they, they're psychic, but they don't want to accept that they're seeing him more on like a religious aspect, um, which I think deters them because maybe they've had bad experiences with religion or something like that. And then to your point, the people that are religious that believe in Christ, and I've seen it too. I think it's funny um, because I've seen people that they're like, they live in Christ and they start talking about this stuff. And they're like, that's not true. And you're like, how do you think Christ turned water to wine? Like you believe that you do all these (laughs) things, but you don't. And he even said that like, you can be like me, you can do this too, but but yet you find it hard to believe that there are people that are like him. So yeah, I agree with you. And it's, it's really weird. I find those even more weird. And that's where I think that like it kind of is a it it's a it shows that how powerful religion is and how much of a control mechanism it is because it can literally get people to the point where they can believe in a fifth dimensional being like Christ that's incredible but they don't believe that we can be like that you know they just like it's like something that escapes their brain and you have it today where you have people that are waiting on Christ to return. And it's like, I, that's why I have a video where I talk about like Christ never left. Like Christ is here. He's the son. The son represents Christ, the son of man um, and many other things that are here. I mean, if he left, he wouldn't have the effect that the Christ, you can call it Christ consciousness. I hate using that word because it's so new age, but the Christ pattern is very apparent because look at us, look at where we're, look at what we're becoming, look at who we are. So he never left. And people, I think, that are in that religious spectrum, which if you're watching this and you're getting triggered, it's probably good that you do because you need to realize like waiting on someone to come and save you is like just like waiting on the government like to save you because no one's going to save you. You have to put in the work and do it yourself and, and really save yourself. And yeah, that it, it is very interesting because I've seen the same thing. So 
I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to talk to some people. It'd be interesting to have some people to, to get their idea of like, why do you believe this? Or why do you have this kind of mindset and truly break that open? Cause I think it comes down to the fact that religion is like, it's being used as control, which we see. I mean, it's obvious. Like religion is like a huge mechanism of control. And yeah. the church is like basically the government. Well, and if we could speak analytically about it all, it's there, you know, the most dogmatic religious folks are, are the least logical when it comes to their spiritual beliefs. And some of the most logical spiritual beliefs are what they have the biggest problem with. For instance, as you speak of Christ as a historic figure, I think that meshes a lot better with the concepts of him appearing to people um, because you know, we have, we're tapped into this, you know, consciousness framework that as a ascended being, a being that, you know, is possibly leagues ahead of, of what we are capable of can reach out and connect with us on that conscious level. He can't come in and, you know, completely like reorganize our lives. We have to take that agency upon ourselves. Otherwise it's worth nothing. There's no spiritual value in someone just doing your chores for you. You have to do it yourself. Right. And that's kind of the, it's, it's a bit of a, a logic leap for people. Cause you're right. You, you, I think most people, they'll hear you say, oh, no one's coming to save you. And they'll think, what do you mean? I, I, you know, I take care of myself. I'm not sitting around waiting for someone to save me, but I know that Jesus can't do that kind of crazy stuff you're talking about. And it's like, no, 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 no. Jesus said you can do it too, right? That I think is the, the part they're missing. And if we all thought that way, maybe the world would be a better place because the, you know, stories of him, knocking the money off the table and saying, you guys can't be doing this, you know, talking about how they were using your uh, usury back then, right? And how how that is still to this day, usury is such a, a pivotal way for the control paradigm to keep us all under this spell, money, currency, you know, it's banking, all of this. And you can go down the whole uh, Jordan Maxwell rabbit hole where you examine all the different meanings of the words that they're using in the banking system, in the legal system, the lawyers and all of that, and how it's just double speak to keep us confined and controlled. Um, but going back to the, you know, the real meat of the issue is like, yeah, Christ had a, a simple message. And if what they say about him is true, then I'm all for his message now. <laughs> I have had someone on the show recently tell me a much different version of the Christ story, uh, that Christ was a, a horrible person. We don't need to get into the explicit details, but it's, you know, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird topic because yeah, I think with that, uh, trauma that has come from these religious institutions, now that mythical figure, that sort of superficial figure is now being you know, blame for all this stuff. And, you know, the people lose to the point, you know, that we are supposed to be connecting with something that is like a, a ascended version of what we can become, right? That's what it's supposed to represent. And Christ isn't the only one. There's Krishna, then all the other ascended beings, you know, that's what the pattern is all about that. Uh, I forget who you, you, you said wrote that. Was it Edgar Casey? 
Andrew Casey, yeah. yeah. And he talks about that being a, a pattern in all of the avatars, as you'd like to call right, them. And I, right. I like that you bring up that someone mentioned the Christ as Gerald Hirschman, because I was going to mention how that's why we have to see Christ as a historic figure and not a religious one, because there are so many stories of Christ. And I don't think people know, like literally in Japan, they have a grave site that is like guarded that it's apparently Christ, it's his grave. There's a story where they claim that Christ came to Japan. He lived in Japan after they say the story of it. And you can look this up. This is all true because I've done a lot of research on this, that he had a twin brother and his twin brother was actually the one that got crucified and that he went to Japan and lived a whole life as a Japanese man and like had kids with a Japanese woman. And they actually have a grave site there. You can look it up. It's Jesus's grave where it's like a protected area that they have because they truly believe that's where he died. And like, that's just one of many stories right. about Christ being seen in India. There's so many things about him being in India. And India actually has got its own its own thing going on. Um, but there's just like stories of him being in Europe, all different types of places. So like him as a person, there's many different depictions. And it's like, where do we decide what is true? And I think that's like the problem with the Bible is that well, not even the Bible itself, but people that are so strong to the Bible is like they don't want to accept that, that it, it has been tampered with and that things have been changed and that lies have been given. And I mean, it's very obvious. Like, you know, I told you I've read almost every single version of the Bible and because there's a couple of different versions. And like, it's very obvious that it's it's been messed with, that there's a huge difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that even the things that Christ says, it's like, how do we know this is what he actually said. There's 18 years of his life that that went missing, that it's called the 18 missing years of Christ. And nobody knows where he was at. They claim he was traveling around the world. Other people say he was just, you know, in Bethlehem doing his thing. And it's like, well, we really have no idea, you know? So like me having a dream, meeting him when I was 12, uh, that changed my life and my perception of who he was because I saw him physically and felt him and it's something I can never forget. And that's when I I really, through all the research I've done, going back to that dream, because it's like it keeps coming back, you know, into my life. Um, I'm like, it's definitely a pattern of an avatar of a person and not necessarily getting hung up on like this, like mythological being that's going to come down from the sky and like somehow fix your life and save everything, which is what it seems to be like the theme lately that people are saying. Um, but yeah, there's like so many crazy different stories of him that it, it would blow your mind. Different people saying he like died in Germany or he died here that they know for a fact. Like, and these are real stories, like people that like have text. There are these monks that had this um, text that was like destroyed. I have to find the story, but there are these monks in India that there was this text where they claim that Christ came and lived on the monastery with them for years and years and years. And that he was just a remarkable, incredible guy. He was like probably 17, 18 at the time. And he like lived there and they wrote this whole entire, like just thing about him existing. And then someone came and stole it and it got like destroyed. And so there's like a whole story about these monks talking about him and stuff. It's really incredible. If the coolest guy that ever existed was your friend and he died, you would tell the best stories about him. And then maybe hundreds of years later, people would forget those stories and, and make up their own cool versions of it. But I, I think it's it's the avatar, you know, it's it's this all that is all of us that um, yeah, I can't help but go back to this concept of like symbiosis but I, I think that's really what it is like we're all 
evolving back towards God, the creator, right? To look at the huge scale of Genesis in the macrocosm, you know, uh, everything was created with a sound, right? And this sound goes out and then it reflects back eventually, right? And I think that's, you know, true with light. It's true with everything, you know? And I think that's what's happening on a huge scale where, like the, I think it's in Hinduism, they describe Brahma as like this giant being that many beings are a part of, right? And that's like your body, my body. We have all these little cells, each doing their own job, doing their own life in their little lifespan. That's us on the earth. And the earth is that Brahma and the universe is, is that to earth potentially. And, you know, I think when you look at it in those terms, it makes a lot more sense why this parasitic group of people would want to write the book on the coolest guy ever and say, no, 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 forget all the cool stuff about the coolest guy ever. Remember this about him. And now we're all living in this prison planet where I have people who come on the show and say, there's an eighth continent and we can go even farther. And I have other people who come on the show and tell me, no, the coolest guy that ever existed did the worst thing you can imagine. Uh, and he's very charismatic. And then I have another person come on and, and talk about AI and how it's the best thing that's ever happened. And the show has just been really tumultuous lately. And I think this episode really put like a, a, a bow on a lot of conversations that I've been having, but uh, I'm not trying to wrap up. I'm just saying, you know, for my sake, what are your thoughts on everything I just said? I, I agree with you, like about the the corrupted writing the book on him, which is why we see things like the Jesuits, like mentioned. Um, I, I definitely agree. I mean, what better way to control society than to control the narrative of like? But and that's how beautiful it is, though, because the Bible itself, even though it was, it's definitely been controlled. It's still humans are so incredible that we can still take from it and use what we need to to learn what we need to, even though their original intent was to take it and use it as like a tool of control. Um, and I mean, that is working. Like right now, I have a video that I'm going to be posting. Um, are they um, are prof are they prophetic events or orchestrated events? Like, is this prophecy being fulfilled or orchestrated events? And I think it's just like, I kind of find it a little silly when people talk about, you know, stuff happening in the Bible and they're like, oh my God, do you not see it being fulfilled? I'm like, dude, like, of course it's being fulfilled because the government could have written it that way. So they're like writing the movie script and then they're making the movie. You know, like, that's just what they're doing. They're like, this is going to happen. And so then it's going to happen. Like, we wrote it to happen that way, and we're going to make sure it happens that way. So, like, if people need to take that stuff with a grain of salt when they think prophecies are being fulfilled because people can orchestrate prophecies. They And they've had plenty of time to do so. I mean, this is hundreds of years that they've... The Bible, the first Bible was actually printed, which... It's very interesting that the main Bible they printed, the date that they printed it um, actually kind of lines up with some 9-11 conspiracy stuff. But the first holy Bible they printed, um, they the Vatican had printed it and they like literally edited the parts out that they wanted um, because there's this guy called Marcion. A lot of people don't know about Marcion. Marcion existed about 100 years after Christ existed and he wrote what is called the first Bible. And Marcion actually went through what was assembled, the Bible that was assembled, and he pulled out tons of chapters. And Marcion settled on like, I'd say like maybe 10 chapters from the Bible that he deemed were actually real. 
And the rest of them, he said, were just complete hogwash. Like they were just made up and they were just put into, well, they ended up condemning Marcion and killing him, of course. And you look at Marcion, like the history of Marcion, he was actually really influential into trying to like find the truth and one of the original Gnosticism people, which, you know, that's what they like to do is they like to put a lot of things into Gnosticism because that's what the Bible was. Like there's so many parts of the Bible that aren't in the Bible because they claim that it's not real. And it's like, who are you? to like claim that this isn't real. Like we should just take your word for it. You random people that work at the Vatican and in the church and stuff, um, which is like Roman control. You know, that's why Rome never fell. It was just simply rebranded into the Vatican, into the church. And that's how they have their control. But yeah, they absolutely just took what they wanted, picked what they wanted. And the rest of it was deemed Gnosticism. And now you have the Bible today that people read religiously. And it's like, you can't, like, I just don't understand how people can't grasp the fact that that doesn't make any sense that that seems absolutely manipulated um, and they're still doing it. So yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I just got hit with a, a flash of insight for a moment there when you said the oldest Bible ever. Um, I'm curious about that. Like the world of rare Bibles, where they're kept, where they're hidden. I imagine they're probably some of the most valuable books in the world. And the reason why I'm even going down this line of thinking is because um, people listening to the show know uh, I've been researching New Haven. That's my, uh, you know, big enlightenment grid it's where i was sort of exposed to a lot of ideas so my tribute back to new haven is is researching it and figuring out what's going on but in the beinecke rare book and manuscript library they have um one of the 48 extant copies of the gutenberg bible so it was like one of the original mass-produced Bibles and I thought to myself I'm like anybody could go in there and like smash that glass and just take that Bible it can't be that valuable right for it to just be sitting there in in, in for anybody not to just real. walk in and yeah and then I started to think to myself it's because it's not real and it's also why is it there and on display like that it's because they're bragging they're bragging about how they took the Bible and they basically were like, yeah, you know that thing that you guys were all inspired with? Ha, look at it. It's just a little prop in a museum here in this marvelous university where science is the new God, right? Where, where science is the new Christianity in many ways. And, and now with this social justice warrior nonsense, erasing all history is their uh, dogma, is, is part of their religion, right? Getting rid of anything that breaks their uh, breaks their little hearts you know triggers them uh, destroying uh any evidence of the secret societies and you know i would say taking out columbus and all of his statues is one way of getting rid of that and how do you do that without getting people clued into that you're getting rid of the secret society evidence. So you tell them it's because it's racist. It's racism. Christopher Columbus represents racism. He doesn't represent the secret societies. He doesn't represent the 
Western Empire colonizing the New World or the Old World, maybe Atlantis, as we were talking about before. But I, sorry to go down this uh, tangent. I hope it's not too. No, like, I love. I go down every tangent. No, okay. No, dude. I, I mean, yeah, they like. And the fact of that too, like they're the. Christianity itself, when it became like for it to become how popular it was, like remember Christ did not Christ did not want people to worship him. He made it clear, like, do not worship me. <laughs> like worship, worship the most high, like the I am. Do not worship me. Yet people started worshiping. But Christianity actually only became popular because they went around and forced it down people's throats. Like they were like, you gotta believe this. They were literally like, you can look up like the pillaging of what happened in Rome of them going around and basically, and it's kind of ironic, right? Cause it's like, didn't you guys kill him? Like, why are you forcing this? Well, because they saw it being a control mechanism. And so they went around literally forcing people to be Christians or else you will die. Like be a Christian or you will die. You don't have a choice. And now we see that today, like you mentioned the words racism, like words like anti-Semitic or, you know, these like bang words that they're using to like keep people from like, like in the psyop of like the Holocaust. Like, oh, you can't say that or question this. That's anti-Semitic. Or you can't think about this or think about that. That's that's wrong. Like, and it's like, why? Like, we should be able to talk about these things in a broad spectrum. Like, yeah, dude, Christianity was only like only made its way across to the West how it did because they like basically threatened people's lives to be that way, which is how they are now. Like then the Vatican still does that. I mean, like, you know how much control the Vatican has. It has so much control that it literally, like it controls everything. The popes control everything and people don't realize that. They don't realize how much control they have, but they do. We're basically Rome. Like America's basically Rome. All of the Roman architecture, when it got um, taken down, went to India. That's why now when you go to India, there's all of its Roman architecture. We have a lot of Roman architecture here because the Vatican and the religion controls everything. So yeah, no, you're not going down on a tangent. I absolutely agree. And it's, and you even see it now. Like I got into, I got on a thread on discord, which I was like, dude, what the, I was like, you know, it was a hot topic thread. And I was like, I want to talk about like some um, different Gnostic beliefs. And I didn't call them Gnostic. I just like said some stuff. Well, this was like a group of Christians and they literally like said, they called me things that was so terrible. They like dragged me in the dirt for even daring to like go against Christianity and like the Bible and stuff. And I was just like, like I want to be like, yeah, well, I meant Jesus. <laughs> but like, I just like, it's insane. Like the mental control it has on people, because if you even try to go against it, they're just like, why turn on? It's like, dude, this is a problem. Well, like it should, we should be able to discuss these things. Like if you bring up Marcion of Sinope and you talk about how he didn't believe in it, they're like, Marcion is really good. And it's like, this is someone that existed a hundred years after Christ. You're telling me you, a random dude in 2024, who probably hasn't even read the Bible. Cause let's be honest, most people haven't even read the whole Bible. You know more than a dude who literally existed in the same time as Christ and came out and said all these things. Like, I think it would behoove us to, like, listen to every single perspective and point so we can gather what the real truth is, because it's definitely not the Bible. <laughs> it's not what's being told to us, so. Yeah, a lot of people are still thinking with training wheels on, you know. They they go through all these books, and they they just confirm their own biases, you know. And it's, it's kind of scary, because, yeah, you can get into some groups of people who seem really smart, and then they attack you for questioning whatever their dogma of the week is, right? And and it's yeah, it's it's 
something that I think this show does a good job of avoiding because it's a, a judgment-free zone to be corny for a second here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've gotten used to more and more with the podcast where I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, go with what the guest has to say. And fortunately for me, I didn't have that feeling so much with our conversation because I really agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, and also, I want to go back to what you just said about Roman architecture in India. Because like the Christ in Japan, that's new to me and I'm very curious about that. Because this is something that I know my audience is really, really avidly seeking uh, anything about architecture, particularly old world. You know, there's this whole conversation about the clues that these buildings can leave behind and what we can understand about the old world, you know, by understanding these buildings. A lot of people want to say that they're all Tartarian. I tend to think that might be a bit of an overstatement, but Roman architecture in India is fascinating to me because I've only seen you know, trash littered streets with, uh, you know, what look like ticky tacky sheds is scrap metal. When I see videos and stuff of India, yeah, there's a few, you know, interesting buildings. Uh, of course, the Taj Mahal, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I've seen that. But when I picture India in my mind, I picture like jam packed third world cities. I don't necessarily picture Roman architecture. So show me what, I, what I've missed. Well, so there are seven forms of art. If you um, you look this up and there's books about it, there are seven forms of art. Architecture is actually a, a form of art. Uh, so when we look back at the ancient arch architecture, we see that like now you look at our buildings and stuff and you're like, oh my God, they're, I mean, it's, it's obvious that like the architecture, like it's being used as a tool because art is used as a tool. So just how music is used in occultism, so is architecture, which is why now when we're being dumbed down, all of our architecture just like sucks. Like you go into a hospital room and it's like white and everything is just like so bad on your psyche. Like you don't like, like think about apartments and things like that. Um, ancient architecture was was built so extravagantly and beautifully because we were so much more advanced than in the terms of the ways that we operated. And you see a lot of um, Roman architecture that it was, so after Rome fell, quote unquote, um, a lot of that architecture was sent to India. And India, and you can look this up, India has tons of Roman architecture and tons of incredible, I mean, India has some of the best architecture in the world. I've never been there, but I've done a, I've done a lot of research on it. Um, and even, so even things like when the Israeli war was happening, I have a video about this. They were actually excavating a Roman, um, cemetery in, in Gaza, on the Gaza Strip. The yeah, I wanted strip to ask you about this. Yeah. And no one was talking about that. And that was around the same time that everyone was like, uh, do you think of Rome, the Roman trend? And I was like, what better way to like keep people from seeing that they're excavating Roman cemeteries and to start a trend on TikTok that talks about Rome. So then whenever you're looking at Rome comes in the Roman trend and then nothing about the excavation, but that same Gaza strip that was bombed, they had just pulled out a bunch of Roman architecture and like Roman cemetery and stuff. So like, yeah, that, that's still a big thing. They moved, they saved all of it. And like, why did they save it? Obviously there's some very incredible importance to it because like, now, what do we do with stuff? Like, we just destroy stuff and rebuild. I had a person I know that lives in Germany, and um, she was like, you know, I, I come to America, and, like, you guys just, like, destroy everything here. 
And then you just like rebuild. She was like over back home, like we build on top of things. We don't like destroy the architecture. And so I found that interesting that here we do that a lot, but yet a lot of this ancient architecture, like Roman architecture and stuff, they're storing in places and keeping it and making sure it's safe. So yeah, there's a lot of that going on. They they have they still have a lot of that. Wow. Yeah, and to be fair, I've only watched YouTubers trek through places like New Delhi and Calcutta, which, you know, I'm sure their focus wasn't architecture, but I should look that up because yeah, it's a it's a endlessly fascinating topic. And when it comes to, you know, architecture in my neck of the woods, like the the New Haven um microcosm that I've been researching certainly has some Roman aspects, including a full-fledged Mithraic temple that they have on display in um, their art museum. And what I mean by that is they've cut the walls of what was once uh, like a worship space, and then they've rebuilt them as a sort of walk-in exhibit uh, in Yale. I, I don't know if it's still, you know, if it's still there, it might be a fluid exhibit, but I would imagine it's static because it's a lot of material. So yeah, you can go to New Haven and walk right into a Mithraic temple and uh, yeah, feel like you're in ancient Rome. And when I saw that, I thought, hmm, what does that tell us? Uh, that there's maybe an undercurrent of, um, you know, esoteric romanism in some fashion mithraism right obviously is a, a cult that people talk about having some influence over people today there's the whole mithraic temple underneath um some some notable infamous persons uh i think it was a politician underneath their building or their headquarters in england what? yeah i I Holy shoot. Yeah, I wish I remembered that reference, but um but yeah, the the Mithra thing is really interesting. So when you talk about, you know, the Vatican and just the Roman Empire in general, I agree with you. I don't think Rome really fell the way history tells us it it did maybe, but in the sense of uh the ideas living on or or the heritage continuing certainly so uh, explicitly through the Vatican. And the Vatican, like, literally, like, I saw somebody do a walkthrough of it. They have everything there. Like, they have every ancient thing you can imagine, tons of ancient texts, tons, and then there's, like, tunnels underneath. People, I've heard conspiracy theories about how the ancient shadow is kept underneath the Vatican, like, basically the, um, because it, it, the, what's really controlling things, like I was talking about, you know, the, this artificial intelligence, there's a circuit board for it, a, a not a literal circuit board, but like an occultism circuit board where they really go like the helm of things, you know, like the helm of it. Um, and people say it's in the Vatican, like it's underneath the Vatican. Um, and but the Vatican itself, like it's like, dude, why? Why are you allowed to have this much stuff? Like it's a city of like white and gold and just like all these different incredible riches. And they literally have their own laws. Like if you get lost in the Vatican, good luck. Like you're gone. And that to me is like, that's mind blowing that these people have this much power. And it's all because what they're like religious. It's like, it really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. Cause it's like, why should these people have this much power? And why is no one talking about this? 
And it's not just something that we can say is, oh, that's, well, that's just Rome. That's in Rome. Well, then why do all the presidents go and visit the Pope? Why does everyone that's government go and talk to the popes? Why are they always meeting with them and shaking their hands? Why are celebrities, why is Beyonce can go in and see in the Pope? Like, if it's just in Rome, then why are we all associating with them as if they're definitely a huge part of everything? So, like, yeah, I mean, the, the stuff I've seen in the Vatican, which I want to go there really bad to just, like, see it because I've seen people post videos. But also I'm kind of nervous because I know it's probably got the darkest energy I've ever, probably ever feel in your life there. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's like it's insane how much stuff they have. Yeah. a good friend, like hoarders. A good friend of mine who taught me a lot when I was younger, just kind of through conversation, we would talk about these kind of things. He claimed, I don't, you know, I trust him, but he claimed to have gone to the Vatican and got a chance to look through some stuff. I don't know how, and it kind of made me a little suspicious of him, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> but I, I trust him to this, you know, as far as I could shake a stick at him. But uh, but when it comes to the Vatican, I have heard about the Lavender Mafia, which may explain why this sort of you know horrendous crime of child trafficking and child abuse may be so prevalent and uh yeah it, it probably has larger overreaching you know uh causes and and influences but i wouldn't be surprised if this is an ancient practice that's been continued uh by groups like the Vatican what the lavender mafia is is essentially like a it's like a homosexual mafia so if you're not gay you're not in the gang right so you got to be got to be raped in basically and you know to be super explicit about it um and that's that's why these you know really horrific things may be going on now again this is from the italian conspiracy culture it's you know coming from another language too so hey it could just be a wacky conspiracy theory that has no basis in truth but i think close observers of the vatican will tell you that there's a lot of truth to it and obviously there's been you know uh, legal cases and whatnot but yeah the the truth is is that it's a systemic thing that probably goes throughout the entire international vatican you know catholic network you know not to you know offend any catholics i was raised catholic um but i think that's that's the truth of these institutions you know um again remember christ is a historical figure because this is the group that puts him up on a cross laid for you to contemplate his tortured image i mean what does that tell you i've always i mean that's kind of what turned me into an atheist when i was a kid now i'm not thankfully but uh when i was a kid and i had to go to catholic church i'm like i'm gonna believe in these guys who tell me the coolest guy ever you know needs to be we got to feel bad for him all the time and look at him in his worst moment ever like i get it but it's just kind of like i feel like there's a trauma inducing element there that becomes very overt when you start to step out of it and see all the other things going on. Yeah. And, you know, if anyone that's watching this is Catholic, I honestly challenge you to talk because I was in a, uh, a thread of people that were Catholic and I was like, you know, they were talking about all the corruption with politicians and all this stuff. And then I was like, well, let's talk about the corruption with the Pope. And I got booted and banned. I was like, 
oh, so we can talk about everything, but we can't talk about the Pope, even though the Pope has clearly done some insane stuff. And so I have like a paper right here beside me, something I printed out. The Jesuits, which are part of the Popes, which are a huge, huge underlying power powerhouse in um, Catholic, you know, the Catholic world or whatever, um, that there is this thing called the Jesuit Oath. This is as old as, this is 1923. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to just read to you um, just like a little declaration of this, this, this Jesuit. This is the oath they take to become the Jesuit Pope. This, and this is real. This is online. I printed it out. I do further promise and declare that I will, when opportunity presents, make and wage relentless war secretly and openly against all heretics, Protestants and liberals, as I am directed to do to exasperate them from the face of the whole earth, and that I will spare neither age, sex, or condition, and that I will hang, burn, waste, boil, flay, strangle, and bury alive these infamous heretics, rip up their stomachs in the wombs of their women, and crush their infants' heads against the wall in order to annihilate their extradorable race. This is just a from a this is just a part from the Jesuit oath. And then people can say, oh, that's 1923. Bro, it doesn't matter. The fact that a pope of a religious sanction would take an oath, like, what? That, yeah. And that's just like a crazy thing. Well, yeah, and imagine all the oaths that are taken for all these other groups. I mean, but yeah, to put the, the magnifying glass on them, well-deserved, yeah, it's... It, I think it, it falls apart pretty quickly, you know, what they espouse as this virtuous charitable organization that helps millions of people around the world. No, you're continuing a colonization and exploitation scheme and using uh, ancient mind control tactics. It's it's pretty simple, you know, uh, but geez, we've really run the gamut on topics here. I don't, we, we can keep talking, uh, but... Hey, dude, I want to point out too that popes, there's a pope school. Hmm. These are ra they're raised from childhood. You can't just be a pope. Like you can be a pastor. You can't just be like, I'm just gonna be a pastor, I'm gonna be a pope. No. You have to have gone to this pope academy since you were a child and raised up as a pope to be a pope. Which means you're undergoing all of this. You're telling me like you just like, I beg the lucky if you're watching this, just look up this Pope school and do not tell me you look at these people and you think, oh, that's a good guy. Like, they look like pedophiles. They look like they're, like, taking these children and, like, literally tormenting them, traumatizing them to become popes. And that's why the popes themselves, I mean, the last pope that was there, dude, literally, like, looked like he was, like, dying in his eyes and it, like it, from all of the just evil things that they're doing. And it's like, the, this isn't, these aren't just normal people that are like, I'm going to decide to become the Pope today. Just like all the people that are in power in the government, they're being born into this and they're being raised up to be these people. And like, that's just something we need to talk about. So like Catholic people, when they don't want to talk about that, I think that's ridiculous. I'm like, you're just literally letting this continue and it's just going to continue. And these people are just going to have the ultimate control. And there's all different versions of Popes. There's like a gray one, a white one, a black one, like, I mean, it's like it gets so, like, it just gets so much that it's just like this is it. It's crazy that this is just knocked off because it's religion, right? You know. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I came across a Substack written by a guy named Popehead recently, and he goes into some uh, Catholic conspiracies. I'm still not quite sure if he 
he's Catholic himself or not. I'm pretty sure he is, but uh, but yeah, I'm still waiting to read this one article that came out about some MK Ultra going on in Italy, um, apparently with a network of people, some apartment complex. So interesting stuff. Uh, a lot going on in Italy. A lot going on with the Vatican and. Uh, yeah, to, to bring it all home, your YouTube channel, uh, Structure, which you can find at The Ancient Ninja, um, and we'll link it in the description. But I encourage folks to go and check out your latest uh, video, The Invisible Third World War, because we talked a little bit about it today, but we really didn't get into the, the full uh, document, and you covered it well. So it's an important thing I think everyone should take a moment to uh, research or watch your video and, and follow up and do their own research because yeah, it's, it's an important subject. So as we, uh, as we close the, the podcast here, what, uh, what would you like to, to say to wrap up? Is there anything you'd like to promote anything that you, you have coming up uh, that you'd like people to know about? I definitely would like for people to go to my channel, give it a follow. I am going to be starting to consistently more keep up with my videos. I recently moved into the mountains, became a mountain girl, and uh, just completely detached from society so I could really focus on this stuff. Um, well, not completely because here I am. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just people follow and keep up with me. I'm going to try to consistently post. If you want to know anything, like, feel free to talk to me. I don't care if you have a different opinion. If you think that I'm wrong that's great. I like people that think. So if, if, if your thought is that I'm wrong, let's talk about it. Like I, I really want to discuss because I, I, I can be wrong. I'm not right. Like nobody is right a hundred percent of the time or even who even knows what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on half the time. So uh, I encourage people to like talk about it and like, feel free to message me. I'm a real person. I'm not AI. I keep getting asked if I'm AI. Like people keep saying, are you an AI bot? I don't think you're real. And I'm like, dude, I'm real. Like I'm real. So you can message me and talk to me and, you know, like keep it pointy, honestly. And that means just, you know, keep, keep it inquisitive, keep it inquisitive. So. Yes. Yes. Explain that because some people might be like, she just did the symbol. I loved her up until this moment and now she's Illuminati well, confirmed. Simple, but the keep it pointing <laughs> is like, because I love pyramids. And uh, also I thought about pyramids and just like intellect. And when I think of like pointy, I think of like just smart and intellectual and sharp and and something that's just after knowledge all the time. So when I say keep it pointy, keep keep being curious, like be a curious little kitten, like wonder about everything and ask questions and like think about the weird things. Don't just think about the stuff that's easy to think about. So like just keep it keep it pointy, not that kind of pointy, that kind of pointy. Right on. <laughs> Yes, we are curious as kittens here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And I really, really am grateful that you spent the time to uh, to talk to us here on the show. I think everybody's going to love you and your content. So please go and support the Ancient Ninja in all the places. Her links are in the description. And until next time, folks, immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Of course, as you heard in the mid 
part of the show in the ad break sign up for the patreon or the Substack. you get every episode of the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast ad free and you'll also get a part two coming out this week with our guest the ancient ninja big shout out to her go support her channel her links are in the description she's only got less than 100 subscribers as of right now so let's get her up to a thousand i know we're gonna get at least five to ten thousand downloads at a minimum for this episode so please folks go over show her some support help her out she's just starting out and i think she's doing a great job so all the more reason to support and learn more about what we talked about today because she has an hour-long video covering the documents that we discussed in depth uh touched on some things that we only really just beat around the bush for today so yeah Lots of cool stuff and a part two coming up in the uh, some point this week for supporters only. So all the more reason to sign up, support the show. That's it for this episode, folks. I hope you have a great President's Day wherever you are out there. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok now. I am posting on social media and that is the best way to know when the new episodes are out and when episodes are going out on the supporters only feeds when i have new articles available on the Substack and all that good stuff uh, video versions of the show go out to rockfin youtube and now rumble so go and check that out as well um and yeah that's all for this episode folks thank you so much for listening please give us a rating and review wherever you listen to the show i will read the five star ratings on the show uh in the outro i've done most of those readings in the outro uh, i do the spotify q a for the patreon people only so if you're listening to the show on spotify and you're answering the questions there uh, you can hear me answer your questions in the Spotify or respond to your answers rather in the Spotify. But feel free to ask me a question and I will respond to that as well. So uh, anyways, that's enough for this episode. Thanks again to The Ancient Ninja. Search at The Ancient Ninja on YouTube. That's the easiest way to find her channel. And thanks again, folks, for tuning into this episode. Keep your head up and don't be a victim in this invisible world war three until next time immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now mftic Broadcasting the moon matrix from the lunar surface They want you confused like you never knew your purpose Hopping through the portals, dismantling the machine My family thinks I'm crazy, I can't believe what I've seen Memories of a war, the Pleiadians and Anunnaki Stuck within the genes of a copy of a human body DNA fractal, the universe within me Epiphanies of science is hoarded by the Illuminati Puppet masters know the power of the mantra Repeating mad lies till it has an effect on ya Subliminal messages hijacking Perception tricking the population with holographic projections. We see through it. The system is unraveling. I'm astral traveling through the library of the Vatican on a sacred journey. I embark with the squad for rougher spitting truth like Mark on the pod. Gotta know the facts, never hold back. Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap. I 
dissect the fabric of reality Looking for the answers, searching through the galaxy You might be feeling stressed out Depression, anxiety, it's no measure of health To be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are We the ones who gonna expose the whole facade I awoke in a deep underground military base Zero recollection of how I got to this place Alien corpses floating in glass cylinders Must have been extracted when they crashed into us Animal hybrids contained in the cages A lion with the eagle head Monkeys with reptilian faces Losing my mind and I'm feeling desperate I look around the room and I see no sign of an exit All of a sudden the wall flickers away Revealing a hangar full of spacecraft My getaway I run to the nearest one See a guard knock him out robbing him for his plasma gun Hop in the ship Take the controls they highly intuitive, I figure it out easily Lift off, accelerate through a tunnel until I see the light Fly into the sky, get flanked by six F-35s facts, never hold back Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap I dissect the fabric of reality Looking for the answers, searching through the galaxy You might be feeling stressed out Depression, anxiety, it's no measure of health To be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are we the ones who gonna expose the whole facade.